happy 2016 and welcome to Horror Movie Podcast, where we're dead serious about horror movies. This is a bi-weekly show that's released every other Friday, and this is episode 80. On Horror Movie Podcast, you get to hear in-depth horror movie reviews, especially for new releases, with ratings and recommendations to help you decide whether you should buy, rent, or avoid these movies. And I am your host, Jay of the Dead, podcasting from Salt Lake City. And my co-hosts tonight are... Dave, Dr. Shock Becker from just outside Philadelphia. And Wolfman Josh in New York City, New York. Tonight. You're actually in New York City? Yeah, and you know, did I tell you guys who I ran into? No, who? No. I ran into the director of Friday the 13th. Oh. We, we accosted him on the street. You've nice. got to be kidding me. <laughs> no, Sean Cunningham and my friend who I was with just did not believe that I would be able to recognize someone like short. He's like four feet tall. Wow. Um, but we were walking down the street and um, and I we passed him and I thought, who who was that guy? And um, my friend had no idea. And I, I swear to you, that was Sean Cunningham. So we we followed him back down the street. This is night in New York. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's great. And Josh was like, totally. Follow him down the street and he turns into kind of a darker street. So I was starting to worry that he would be worried. Um, but I, I kind of stopped across the street and I yelled, Mr. Cunningham. And he turned and uh, I said, hi, can we just grab a photo with you really quick? And he was okay with that. And so oh, was cool, he? Cool. Yeah, but he looked a little terrified at first. I have to <laughs> well, I guess so. Because <laughs> I'm not like, I'm not like, a, I don't intend to look intimidating, but I've been told I'd can look intimidating. You are an intimidating man. Well, and if he's if he's four foot tall, he's probably intimidated by a lot of people. Well, the other thing I was gonna say is the guy I'm, I was with is like six five. He's oh, and he's right. as big as me, but way taller. So um, yeah. <laughs> so, so IMDb puts his height at five five. Okay. <laughs> so that's pretty. That's pretty. That is pretty short, though. Now is that generous or I, that has to be generous? I mean, we were bending. I mean, I'm not a tall man, and I was like bending down to get in the picture with him. But wow, that's amazing! I'm just genuinely impressed that you like recognized his face yeah, and know pretty, what he I looks know, like. Yeah, that, I don't know that I would recognize him. <laughs> and he looks a lot older. Well, I just seen him interviewed. Um, one of our listeners, I think it was Juan sent along a Kickstarter campaign that he was involved with where they're making this amazing Friday the 13th video game. Have you guys heard about this? <laughs> no. I wish I had the stuff in front of me. It, this might be the first thing that gets me playing video games again. I don't, I'm not a video game guy. I haven't played video games <laughs> since I was in junior high school. Like I, I play, you know, I liked Nintendo and Sega Genesis growing up, but I, you know, that's the last time I played video games. I played Tony Hawk and Grand Theft Auto like once when those first came out, and I said, nah, I'm, I'm good. Um, but watching them develop this Friday the 13th game, which Sean Cunningham was involved with, and it's made by these super horror fans, and it looks really cool. And you can play Jason or you can play the camp counselors. And the big selling point to me was um, they were interviewing – the developers and they said when we knew we had a game was when it was just as much fun to play the camp counselor as it was to play Jason. Wow. And that, nice. That's what we were going for is that you could have just as much fun when you weren't lopping off heads. So everybody's, oh, awesome. everybody's thinking it, but I'll ask it. Can you yeah. make the camp counselors do it? 
<laughs> I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can. Because <laughs> it wouldn't be Friday the 13th otherwise. Just yeah, saying. You couldn't do that, right? <laughs> it looks incredible. I mean, it just looks like a lot of fun. That's not true. I also remember I also played Resident Evil a couple times, and that freaked the crap out of me. And oh, it wasn't Resident Evil. I'm sorry. It was... um. Silent, Silent Hill. Yeah, yeah and I, that freaked me out, and I loved that too, and that and that made me uh, excited about the idea of a really good horror game. But well, yeah, that, I guess there are lots of great horror video games actually that are very cinematic and actually genuinely scary. I can't speak to it because I'm not a video game guy either, but I've heard this many times. <laughs> so, anyways, that's cool, Josh. You just. You, you already had tons of cred with this audience, and now you've earned so much more just because you recognized Sean Just because Cunningham. I accosted him in a dark hallway? In <laughs> New York City. I mean, there are millions and millions of people in New York City. And it was a Jason Takes Manhattan kind of moment, for sure. And that's hilarious. <laughs> you know what? I just wanted to Wolf say Man hi to Takes Manhattan. Mm -hmm. I wanted to say hi to somebody. He actually contacted me on, sent me a direct message on, on Twitter, Ryan DeRosa, uh, who listens to the um, horror movie podcast. And he asked if we got, if we were thinking of doing any other franchises. He really liked the, uh, the franchise reviews. Mm -hmm. And he was wondering, the one he threw out was like Wrong Turn or something like that. Nice. I said there was no plans at this point, but I, I, I know that they were popular. So I'm sure we'll be doing other franchises somewhere down the road. Oh yeah. I, I believe maybe my co-hosts here do not believe this way, but I believe <laughs> that eventually we're going to be covering all of the horror franchises eventually. Yeah. Oh, uh, we would, we goal. would have to be around for hundreds of years at the rate that I would like to attack these <laughs> franchises. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean like, right. I mean, cause, cause listen, I know that people don't love, you know, a lot of the Hellraiser ones, but like Hellraiser, that's a that's a big franchise in horror. Well, and the and the first two of them are actually really good movies. You know, mm -hmm. but I, there's seven, right? I, mean, I there's, know there's there's <laughs> might, might be more, might or be like nine eight or something yeah. like that. Yeah. A, and and then, when you're talking about two, and then yeah, I, I mean, I've seen three and four. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I've even gone further than that, to be honest with you, because I know I was uh, very disappointed. I was disappointed by three, and I'm not. I, I don't even know if I remember four at this point. Well, and then you got like Puppet Master, and you got Leprechaun See, and Tremors. I had all. I, all I struggled with the first Puppet Master. <laughs> yeah, Fan, right. I can't Phantasm. Even the other six or something. Phantasm. Yeah, Phantasm. Yes. Phantasm is one. Psycho, right, Josh? We've been talking about one. Psycho, Psycho might have to be the next one because. Evil Dead. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, maybe Evil Dead would have yeah, to be next. We've actually had a few requests for that. Actually, oh, Evil yeah. Dead. We've Absol been absolutely. We could also do some of these as um, versus episodes if if the the entire franchise doesn't really hold up and isn't worth discussing. We could kind of do what you guys did with the Poltergeist review where you just did the oh, original yeah. with the remake that that could be an option for some of these mm -hmm. well it's it's so weird that this comes up right now because just today i was at work and i was thinking about horror movie podcast and its future and everything and i'm like you know there is so much that we want to cover i mean we kick around ideas and talk about things we want to cover we get requests about like themed episodes all the time there's so much we could actually if our you know, if we could do this as a career, 
I, I think we could put out a show a day. I'm not even joking. I yeah. think I think we have enough content. Not that we are like so prolific or anything. I'm just saying there's enough to cover in horror and enough that the the listeners want to hear about, enough we want to talk about that we could have a show a day if we made enough money to do it. So I'll tell you what, yeah, and there was another really good idea that I saw on the message board. Um, and it was from Rob from Belgium. Mm-hmm. He just left it today. Uh, he had an idea. He said for the summer, he was thinking some kind of horror Olympics where we would pick a movie from all the, from like different countries battling each other, like head to head, like a versus yeah. and just narrow them down until we got to the winner. Yeah. They Grinning. did that on rotten rantings during the horror. That's Palace right. era. I, re- I remember that. I remember that one. I was on one of those episodes and that was a lot of fun and it was you know, I saw it was really, you know, I can't remember uh, exactly. I know we did cold fish, I think, from <laughs> from Japan. Yeah. But I also remember doing like House of the Devil from the U.S. Nice. Um, kidnapped. Yes. Which I think was was Spanish, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. Uh, but I saw really some really good movies. That's cool. And maybe what could be really fun if we did that, which I really love, um, we could have maybe the listeners send us their contender you know i mean like pick which contender represents each country he even mentioned that he says he said he figures there's a lot of listeners from other countries and they can sort of pick the movie for their country wow and then we could kind of go by our ratings like like we each rate the films and then add them up and whoever whichever film has the highest ratings you know right from all of us then would win the match or whatever. That's very interesting. I love that idea. I thought it, I th- I was I really liked it too. I thought it was a great idea. And then shout out too again to uh, our friends at Rotten Rantings, which yep. J- Josh, have you heard their new podcast? They're they're non horror. <laughs> like I just downloaded them the other day. I actually we were talking about possibly doing a uh, a rock and roll heavy metal kind of horror show. Yes. Um, and so I know they, I knew they had done it previously, um, a few years ago. So I was curious to look, go back and look at what films they had covered. Mm-hmm. I, I know they had done suck. And so I was going to go back and look for that show and the rotten Ranning shows are gone. They're not on their website anywhere, which is a total bummer. I mean, their new show is up when that was great. I downloaded the shows to hear, but, um, I was a little bit sad to see those. Oh, nights. that is a shame. Yeah. Uh, that is a shame. Yeah. Well, now I'm mad at Katie Rots. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I understand. But here's the thing. We got a lot to cover in 2016. And I guess that's really the message here. We want to tell you we got another great year planned. We're already like, um, not really fighting, but we're already debating like, okay, which theme show are we going to cover first? And um, we've had an Aussie horror, Australian horror show lined up for how long now dr shock like it's been a few months because i was i was when i was doing my like i had spent a month and a half just sort of delving into all australian movies all different kinds ones i'd never heard of ones that i had seen before um and covering them on the blog and that was back in september uh, that was it was before october so it was like august and september Wow. Um, when, yeah. when that was. So, and, and then, it would have been, it would have been before our, um, what was it? Nightmare on Elm Street, I think. Yeah. And, and, and then you, Josh, you know, Josh recently, I mean, he talked about doing the, the heavy metal horror episode, which I love. And I uh-huh. haven't even mentioned this to you guys, but for the past year, 
I've been wanting to do an episode, a themed episode on horror monkeys. And do you know why? Like the main reason? <laughs> no. <laughs> because we're horror movie podcast and we're dead serious about horror monkeys. <laughs> oh, I just, I just wanted to say that, and I couldn't okay. wait. So, so I guess we don't have to do that episode <laughs> well, now that I, I said that. I'm trying to think. What, what are you thinking? Like King Kong? Is that Monkey shines. Well, Monkey no, shines there's like you? there, there are actually. I've been researching it for the past year. I found, and I'm not counting King Kong, so don't everybody start okay. their smart aleck comments. But no, no, like I've been, I've found like four or five actual horror monkey. Movies and yes, Monkey Shines is one of them. Um, so anyway, that could be that could be fun yeah, down the road too. There's all, there's a whole bunch of them, and I, I'd like to, I, I really would like to do Fulci's you know Gates of Hell trilogy. Yes, which we had thrown around at some point. Oh, um, that See? would be a lot of fun, I think. Well, guys, our, I guess really what we've come to conclude here, and this was not intended, is maybe if we could get the listenership. To support us so we can quit our day jobs. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> then we will put out a show a day. Oh, sure. How about that? <laughs> I don't know if I could promise that even if I quit my day job, but <laughs> Oh really? You don't you don't think you could stomach it? Well, I a show a day? That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Well, that, that's a lot. But hey, we could put out I could do four a week. Four a week would be good. Four, four a week, week would would be good, yeah. All but, right. Well, we'll see. We'll I mean, see. I guess we're already doing like between uh, the sci-fi podcast, the movie streamcast, movie podcast. <laughs> we're kind of already doing like three a week when it on a good week. I, I know it's kind of insane. But anyways, <laughs> Dr. Shock, I believe that you had something to talk about here, a, a blog announcement. Well, yeah, I did. Um, uh, 2016, you know, it's a new year. And one thing I wanted to, to uh, just something I wanted to throw out to, to the listeners. Um, this is the last full year of the 2500 movie challenge of mine. Wow. Um, this once, you know, 2017, it's going to be over June 20th of 2017. Uh, I'm going to keep the blog going obviously. And I've already got some ideas of the movies that I'm going to be covering once I've hit that 2500, but, um, something I know I've mentioned to you, Jan, I know Josh, you and I have talked about it. Uh, one thing I would like to do is I'd like to have some other writers, come in at that point. Once I hit 2,500, I'd like to bring some other writers in, um, and let them, you know, obviously, uh, post some reviews. Just for, for one reason, you know, for selfish reasons, it, it, I, I don't know that I'm going to be able to do more than one, one or two a week, uh, just because of the other things I'm, I'm trying to, you know, get going here. So my goal is to just sort of keep it going to one or two a week. And I'd like to have other people, you know, uh, Contribute, bring in other writers. I could put, you know, together sort of an about us, about us page, and you know, give little bios on each one of them. And the my first thought was to open it up first to um, everybody on um, horror movie podcasts because you know you read the boards, and there's just some great writers out there. They go yes. through mm-hmm. so much to put these together. I have already approached two of our regular contributors on the board on the boards, but this was a while ago, and we've had new people joined since that time um, who have contributed very heavily to the boards. Um, and I just like to open it up to anybody who's interested. I'm not looking for more than maybe, you know, if we get enough people to do this, it would be maybe one a week. That's my goal. And so everybody is just sort of doing one a week. 
Um, and then I, what I really my what I'd really like to do is once it hits March of next year, just start collecting them and maybe get like a backlog. Mm, so everybody nice. gets a little bit of time. Like if somebody wants to give me like, you know, uh, if, if we get a whole bunch of them, maybe get it, get it planned out for a while. Uh, it would just make it a lot easier at that point and maybe take a little bit, you know, no pressure on anybody. Um, so I just want to open up anybody who's interested in, in possibly, um, you know, signing on to, to be a, a contributing writer, on DVD infatuation once I hit the 2500 in June of 2017. So it's a while away. You've got some time to think about it. You don't have to, you know, jump on it right away. But I did just want to open it up. And really, the, the listeners um, were the first ones that I, what, that I thought of. Dave, this is crazy. Okay, so this has happened to me twice in the past month. This right. very thing. Check this out. So this is related. I'll bring it back around. But a little context. I discovered that incredible documentary series on Netflix called Making a Murderer. I'm sure uh, Josh has seen it by now. Yeah. And I found that before it really like hit and got like, I mean, I found it like right after they released it on there, like December 15th or whatever. And I was so excited to like talk to the audience about it over there on Movie Podcast Weekly, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden it just like it hit big and went crazy. And it's like everybody's talking about it now. And so it's kind of old news. And just podcast just devoted to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. So, by the way, I mean, it's not horror, but it's horrifying. So, Making a Murderer, streaming on Netflix. It's a 10-part series, must-see, I think. Josh, have you watched it yet, by the way? I have, yeah. And, I, in fact, I'm going to discuss it with Andy Howell on Movie Streamcast. He's perfect for that, actually. Nice. That's good. Okay, so, anyways, <laughs> just this past week, Dave, I'm like, when I was reading the comments for our previous episode here, which is episode 79, I'm like, these comments are amazing. People write incredible things. They mm-hmm. should be writing reviews for our website. <laughs> like if, oh, if they okay. want to. I mean, we don't we don't pay anything. But I mean like right. I mean, heck, if if they want to write some awesome stuff, we might as well like, you know, put them to work writing reviews for the website and, and so anyway, yeah. I've had similar thoughts of late and I think that's very cool. I would love because as you said, Dave, I back you 100%. We've got some great contributors who are far more insightful than I am. So I'd, like, so I'd like to hear from them. So yeah, if people are interested in that, we can you know, get that going. And I'm kind of yeah, excited just to, about it. Just to throw it out along the lines of what you said, I don't, I don't actually make any money off of the blog either. So it would not be a paying position. Just to, just to throw that out there. Right. Um, well, there are a lot of young writers that, and I've been in this position where you just want to have some experience or maybe you just like doing it. And DVD infatuation has got a huge reach. And so that's great yeah. for a young writer to have that opportunity. Tell, and I, what I would do is I would continue the tweets that I do, like the, the trivia tweets um, to, to sort of send people there. Um, I would figure out a way, you know, to, to list it so that everybody, they'd get the credit. Uh, even when I post them on IM, MDB, you know, I'd have their name um, next to it. It would be 2500 Movies Challenge and then their name in brackets next to it. Um, so, yeah, it, it would it would definitely get some exposure out there for people. Again, it's it's a while down the road. I mean, this is not. You know, it's not uh, like a couple months from now, even I mean, we're talking a year and a half here. But, you know, I look at some of these movies that I've reviewed and some of them I feel like I've just done a couple months ago, and it's been two years. 
So it, it, it goes kind quick. of has <laughs> snuck up on me. It does go very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I'm like sort of scrambling to get a list together of movies that I know I have to cover. Uh, actually, one of the things I've sort of come to the uh, conclusion today is one of the things that are going to be post-2500 are a lot of the movie series. Like, um, I haven't done any Harry Potter. I haven't done any Rocky. I haven't done any Dirty Harry. Um, those are going to be post-2500 where I'm just going to center on movie series for a while. Um, you know, sort of working my way through those. Uh, that'll be like the first thing I tackle once I hit the 2500. Nice. Um, but yeah, so anyway, if anybody's interested, you know, that I would just like to just to, again, it's, uh, there's no commitment here. You're not signing on to anything. Just sort of let me know, um, if it's something you might be interested in, uh, either on the boards here, or you can send me an email, um, you know, uh, DVD infatuation at gmail.com or on Twitter. You know, I'm always on there at DVD infatuation and just let me know if you're interested. I love it. That's a great opportunity. All right, thanks for that. And um, the other thing, speaking of the previous episode, episode 79, we had a poll question. Josh, did you see the results of the poll question? <laughs> uh, I haven't looked at it recently, but um, I I could probably guess based on last time I looked at it. <laughs> well, I know you got your whole family voting on there, Josh. Yeah, no, I, I, I just, called everyone up. Uh, this is the most important phone. <laughs> yeah. It says, vote to help us with a contest among these three hosts which host's top 10 list do you think is the best? Jay of the Dead's, Wolfman Josh's, or Bill Shetty's? And um, I'm happy to report that I actually tied with Bill Shetty right now as we record this at 19%. But Wolfman Josh has blown us out of the water with a 61% of the vote, <laughs> which well, is wow. really pissing me off, Josh. I'm very mad right now. I've got two responses <laughs> to that. Uh, first is one person mentioned they voted for you just out of pity. So Bill oh. may have oh. been actually... Oh, yeah, just, just kick me while I'm down. That's fine. That's very sportsmanlike of you, Josh. But um, And then another... Many people, actually, several people told me their favorite list was actually the listeners list. And so... Um, they said I had to vote for Josh, but I'd have preferred to vote for the listeners list. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, we we might want to consider uh, giving a prize to all of our wonderful listeners who uh, sent their lists in. But right. Maybe their prize is just getting to listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, maybe Jay. Maybe Jay will send them their T-shirts. Well, that, that, that's hilarious. I have you know while he's down. Dude. I know, like I, now I'm getting serious mad. No, like the thing is, everyone who has paid, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, everybody out there. But everyone who has paid has received their shirt now. I just have the international people waiting um, for a price on on the oh, okay. the few remaining that I have. All right, <laughs> that's hilarious. And I got to say, though, Jay, I did vote for yours, but I thought I was voting for best action slash Western. Oh, that's <laughs> funny, too. Like, all, the, all of a sudden, this is the, the comedy podcast. Yeah, though, Jay, as long as we're on the lists, I we got some angry, angry people writing in about your list, which I'm sure, you know, you don't care. You know, it's your no, list. I, I read all. I actually read it. And as I was saying, like, I these... These comments in episode 79, I was actually very impressed and I actually enjoyed and loved these comments. 
I read but, them all today. But did you read Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, because those were hardcore. I, I, only, I didn't even I didn't even see Twitter to be honest with you. I didn't see that either. Here's yeah. the thing: I only have so much time in a day, and so I I did. I read all of 219 right now as we record this. 219 comments on episode 79. I read them all. And I, I actually love them. A lot of good stuff there. And and we could actually, I don't know that we ever will do this, but the comments are so good and so rich and there are so many. We could actually do an entire episode where we just go down through the comments and talk about them as we encounter them. But anyway, really good stuff. I liked it. Yeah, a lot of people were very bent out of shape that I picked No Escape uh, for my uh, favorite horror film of 2015, which a lot of people are like talking smack on that and they haven't even seen it. Have you seen it yet, Josh? Yeah. Yes, I have. But let's get to that in a minute. You um, did see it. Yeah. Uh, Good. I wanted to read a couple of comments though to you that I just was looking up on Twitter. Uh, this is, this was the general feeling I think from most people, this is from Gareth young. It might be Garrett pronounced Garrett. Um, sorry. If it's, if it is Gareth Young uh, from the UK, he says, I don't even know how to react to Jay's number one (laughs) quote unquote horror movie of 2015 (laughs) dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Yes. So that, I I think that kind of sums up a lot of the sentiment um, that I saw. My favorite is David's. There were other people that were ex- really upset. This is um, from a, guy, a listener called El Jefe. And it's not Juan, because I was calling Juan El Jefe for a little while. He didn't like that. But um, this is <laughs> from another listener. Um, he says, Jay's number one pick of No Escape is inexcusable. <laughs> it's, a co- <laughs> it's a competently made garbage film, not horror whatsoever. Uh, Incorrect. And then- and you're <laughs> incorrect. <laughs> and you're not the jefe of him. Yeah, you're not the boss of me. That's right. <laughs> and uh, Willis Wheeler had some choice words for you, too, on Twitter. But Oh, I'm sure he did. <laughs> Willis Wheeler has no taste. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love Willis. Everybody knows yeah, that Willis we, is a good guy. we have a friendly little banter. But let me read David in the UK. This is what I like. Now, David's was so well thought. I I really liked what he wrote to me that this is worth, and I won't answer it here. I won't take up the time, but I might actually write a blog post answer to this because I thought this is very intriguing. David writes, as for Jay's inclusion of No Escape, I'm a bit more conflicted. It's good to see him being less dogmatic with genre classification, but I can't help but feel like Jay has developed a tendency to base such classifications more on a film satisfying his own personal taste than any actual relation to the roots of the genre. His emphasis on realism as an important aspect of horror feels, to me, like a fundamental misunderstanding of the heart of the genre. In my opinion, horror is about the unknown. It's the depiction of reality exaggerated and deformed by the human imagination So an adherence to utter realism undercuts what's the most important delineation between something like a disaster movie slash crime movie slash war movie and a horror movie. So when Jay refuses to classify something like Crimson Peak as horror, but throws no escape on his top 10 list, it just seems like he's picking and choosing 
what to put in the genre based on his personal distaste for the supernatural and preference for the realistic. Now, now that was good, right? I mean, he wrote mm-hmm. some good stuff. Mm-hmm. I loved it. So, yep. I will say, I thought Dino's was comparable to that. Um, Dino, and I'm paraphrasing here because I don't have it in front of me, simply said, Hey, since Jay's got a tie at number 10, why don't we just bump off No Escape and make it an even 10 list? <laughs> uh, that's funny. I like that too. Yeah. So, anyway, this, it, it honestly, it, it kind of pleases me. I love, because here's the thing how much, how much did we talk about Charlie's Farm on the, on the comment boards, right? People were talking about No Escape, the number one film of the year in my opinion, of 2015. And so I rated it number one on Movie Podcast Weekly, too. I, I freaking loved it. Because here's the thing, guys. I did not have that kind of a visceral experience, not just this past year, but ever in my life. I, I haven't had such a strong experience. I can't wait for you to see it, Dave. And Josh, yeah, you saw I, it? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I did see it, Jay. And I, I sometimes I just, I, I know that, it seems like, and I'm sure it's based on a lot of evidence, that I get, derive great satisfaction out of spoiling your day. But the truth is, I really don't like doing that when it comes to movies. I don't like anyone's... I know when I'm really excited about something, it does bum me out when other people are so down on right. it. Yeah, everybody. No, I'm just kidding. So I'm just I don't. Kidding. <laughs> I don't. I don't take any pleasure in telling you that I. I would have probably given it like a five and say it's like a light rental recommendation. Oh, that's I, brutal. I. I don't take any pleasure in saying that to you, but I. I can see why <laughs> you could get it on a list over at Movie Podcast Weekly. I. I am perplexed how it made your. Uh, horror movie <laughs> podcast list, mm-hmm. but um, I. I will say there were. There were two really effective elements for me in the film. One of them um, is just the very beginning of a hotel scene. Um, the beginning of when things start to fall apart at a hotel. That I thought was extremely effective. Um, Lake Bell's performance was really nice in that moment. Although I will say she was drastically underused in this film. Yes. Um, and there was another scene having to do with a, with throwing things from a rooftop. <laughs> which right. is one of the most harrowing things I've ever seen in a movie. Um, yeah. That to me was the pinnacle of the film though. And I don't really think it did much for me after that. And it was silly. Like that moment was as, as cool as it was. It was also a little ridiculous. And um, I think from the helicopter moment on, I had a hard time suspending my disbelief for much of the film. But I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Again, I don't. I don't like to tell you this. I, I thought it was a. It was an okay movie. It was a fine movie. Um, I thought it was a little silly, uh, unbelievable. Okay, fair enough. But we should note. We should note one thing that a lot of people, even though they said, even though they said this was not a horror movie, a lot of people called it. And when I say a lot, that's probably overstating it. There were there were a few people. Who called it the scariest movie of 2015, and and that was my experience with it. I think it's a scary idea, but it's also not a super realistic idea. And I, I do think it is a little xenophobic, as I worried it might be. Um, I think a lot of the horror from the film has to be I'm scared of Asian people, and like if 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 you're not, and if you know that they're normal people, then. 
it's I don't know. The politics of the movie are crazy. And I, and so it takes place in a fantasy world, apparently not in an actual country. Um, but then that also steals a lot of the realism from the film for me too. the fact that it's not, doesn't kind of have the cojones to like place it in a real environment and in real, in, in realistic circumstances, I will say the biggest, um, point in your favor that I, if you've mentioned it, I missed it. Was that this was directed by the brothers Dowdle? Mm-hmm. I did mention that. Okay, see, I I never caught that um, that point. I mean, I would say it's kind of like knock knock in that sense, or the sacrament, where it, it should at least be up for consideration as a horror movie because of its lineage. I mean, this is from the directors of Quarantine and As Above, So Below, so it's not unheard of that this would have horror like moments in it but i i don't think they're very strong i think it's very mild if if you're going to call it horror on the horror scale well and i and i knew that like as i left the theater that day i i thought you know to me this is a a survival horror film i was very scared watching it i thought i was going to have a heart attack i've said it a million times but when i left the theater i'm like man nobody is going to go for this me calling this horror they're going to freak out but but all of that aside, the scariness to me aside, like my personal reaction, um, the first Purge, which a lot of people don't consider a horror movie, but some people do consider it a horror movie. I mean, is it home of a home invasion? There are Purge-like scenes in this, and I'm and I won't spoil this. Don't worry. But there is a scene where we see people lined up down in the street. And that was very purge-like to me, and I'm like, that, that's yeah. that's some I mean, strong. The purge has psychopaths imagery. and masks coming into your home, though. I just think it's a little bit different. Like it's the. I mean, we talked about this with Bill Shetty last week. Actually, the motivation of the person seems to have a lot to do with whether or not it feels like horror. Like I talked about Tiger House. The fact that they that a heist is at the center of that home invasion makes it feel a lot less horrific than something like Your Next, um, because you're not dealing with a, a psychopath. I mean, you could argue that anybody who's a killer is, you know, has some psychopathic tendencies, mm-hmm. but it's just a totally different um, motivation. Now, I will say there was one moment at the end that did remind me of Knock Knock, in the sense that if if it had concluded the in the worst possible way, then it would have been a horror movie in my mind, <laughs> but it kind of chickened out the way not, I felt knock knock did. And to me, that makes it a thriller. You know, it's just, it pulls back from true horror. Well, I think we've identified one thing though. And I think this is kind of interesting. There are, and, and David kind of touches on this. So, so there are genre uh, based like considerations or genre um, uh, building blocks to horror or any genre for that matter. But then there's like horror in like the heart of what horror is like in in the human experience. And I think maybe in cinema and I'm still kind of working on this, but I I do think that there needs to be some kind of way to parse out and, and separate or at least deal with the fact that, there's like the classic like horror genre definition where you have a um, a quote unquote monster and and blah 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 all those elements that people are so familiar with and love but then there's like 
the horror of having to kill somebody with your bare hands. And, and, and like, and as we see in this sure. movie where the protagonist actually has to take someone's life and, and it's like this really intense situation. And it's like, if that happened to you in your, in your actual everyday life, I mean, that would be a scarring and traumatic experience. It is truly horrifying. And so I think that, yes, I will give everybody the fact that this does not fit the, the building blocks of horror genre definition. But I think there's some other consideration to be made for things that are truly horrifying in terms of life experience. But interesting, interesting so I appreciate everybody's, I, I loved everybody's feedback. I really did. Even people who were coming after me because I think it's cool. I like it that we're, that we're like wrestling with these definitions of horror and I'm proud of everybody for that. Well, it's interesting. Gar- um, you mentioned um, Gareth Young's comment. I went out to Twitter because I know that um, uh, Gareth follows me and I was looking at his uh, Twitter account. I saw the one you mentioned, Josh, about how he, he had the uh, horror in quotes for Jay, but yeah. it looks like about 12 hours ago, he posted his own top 10 list. And he said uh, a bit late, I know, but I thought I would do my list after hearing um, horror movie casts top. Uh, and he said the top six was easy. He has, and it's funny because he actually has some from both of your lists on here. Okay. Let's hear it. As I was looking, he has number, uh, well, we'll start from number 10, number 10, some kind of hate number nine. That's from Insid- Bill Shetty's list, by the That's way. That's from Bill Shetty's list. Yep. Number nine, insidious chapter three. Number eight, What We Do in the Shadows. Number seven, Bone Tomahawk. Number six, Crimson Peak. Number five, Tales of Halloween. Number four, The Green Inferno. Number three, Good Night, Mommy. Number two, The Final Girls. And number one, It Follows. Nice. It's a good list. It's a respectable list. Yeah. And, and you know, we had, <laughs> look, it wasn't just you. We had um, other listeners come after me as well um let's see adam lafferty posted here on twitter he said final girls great film but not horror uh 5.5 on the horror scale but 100 worth a rental um he said he loved it as a love letter to slashers but at no point was it scary so that that was a a bit of a dig and then um who was it um i believe it was moods from the 22 shots podcast. I'm just oh, checking yeah. here, but one, one of our other listeners said, um, basically knock, knock, uh, or sorry, they watched turbo kid and knock, knock was more of a horror film than turbo kid. So <laughs> we're getting it from all ends. That's true. That's true. And you know what? Like I'm happy about that because honestly, I think that it calls to attention my big complaint that I fight with Bill Shetty about all the time. And that is the contamination, (laughs) the crossover blending of the genres. It's really making me mad. And it's like, but people get mad when I play the blending the genres thing. I I couldn't disagree with you more because I think that (laughs) is what's making cinema interesting to this. I think we're to a point where you can't just recycle the same thing anymore. And the blending of the genres adds a whole new dimension. I mean, the easiest person to point to for this would be Quentin Tarantino. You know, we, we talk about, um, he doesn't do just a straight genre film. Like his big Western was Django Unchained, which is really an antebellum South slavery film. 
And then he comes out with his new film, uh, The Hateful Eight, which looks to be a Western, but is in fact an intimate Agatha Christie-like murder mystery type of film um, with the trappings of, of Western. And so I, I just, that, to me, that's what's so thrilling um, about even a film like The Final Girls. It It's not what you expect it's going to be. And that surprise is, I think, at the heart of what really makes cinema in general, but especially genres like comedy or horror work, is the surprise factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good time. I mean, you you never really know what you're going to get anymore. And that's, I think that's people who do complain about this, that's part of the heart of their complaint. I mean, that's why if you read in cinema history books, that's one definition or one reason that's cited in these books of why genre exists is because audiences like to know what to expect and they look forward to certain conventions and so forth. And now it's like, yeah, we are shifting, Josh, to what you're talking about, where we like to be surprised and we like blends. And, you know, I'm just going to have to adapt, I guess. But so, uh, but I'm. The great. thing is, it comes in waves, Jay. Like, it, it takes enough people to get sick of what you're calling blends or these hybrid types of films. And then someone's going to just come back with hardcore slashers for another 10 years or whatever. You well, know? And that's why I love girl house so much. I mean, did you guys get to see girl house yet? It was on my list of things to catch. I ended up watching Christie instead this week, but girl house is on my list. Top of my list for next week. Okay. Yeah. Cause um, Dino steered me toward girl house. Thank you, Dino. And um, man, <laughs> I, I really did. I, I enjoyed it. It was a good time. It, it's built and it works very much like kind of a classic 80s slasher flick. It's good stuff. And, um, you know, it's like, wow, it's see, I, I just want to say to people, not not to the listeners or but just to horror filmmakers. It's like, see, that's like the the formula and we like it. We want it, you know, bring it on. So, <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, Dino said he doesn't think I'm going to like it. You know, he says, don't Josh, I don't think, what does he say? Wolfman, I'm glad you said it's in your queue, but I'm not quite sure you're, it's your kind of movie. And I say, okay, but then why do you go and compare it to Halloween then? Cause then I have to see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, I, what I like about it is it kind of, it takes, it takes like all of the elements that you're familiar with in the classic, you know, like 80s, and I'm saying classic, you know, very fondly, and I don't care if people don't think that 80s horror is classic, to me it's classic. Anyway, um, it takes those those elements of slashers, but it has updated it in one respect, and that is you have the internet playing a, a big role in it. Okay. And, and it's kind of interesting. So for that reason, Josh... I do think that you might appreciate it on some level. And, and I agree with Dino. I think Bill Shetty's going to love this thing when he sees it. And I think Doc will love it because he's a big slasher guy. But anyway, that's, that's Girl House. And, we'll and that's the one directed by um, Trevor Matthews. Definitely check it out. So nice. um, one last thing. I'm sorry about all this. Wow. I guess we are going through the episode like on the previous comments. But I got a voicemail here I want to play. Um, that we got from Adam and it just, it made me laugh. So I just uh, thought I'd play it for you guys and check it out, Josh, because Josh, I got to compliment you on a decision you made. 
I was worried when we went through the, uh, the, the director's AMA stuff. What's his name? Blum? Jason, Jason Blum. Blum. Yeah. That's right. It escaped me for a second. When we went through that, you know, I like I was worried about the flow of the show. And then we got some really high praise in the comments for that section and in this voicemail. So, Josh, good, good work, Josh. I, I want to huh. give you props there. Thank so you. you were right and I was wrong. Here is um, Adam's voicemail. Jay of the Dead, Harold Jamar Willoughby. I don't know your full name, so I made one up. <laughs> Just listen to uh, listening to the New Year's Eve show. Uh, this is Adam from Chicago, by the way. Adam Michaels from Chicago. I didn't say that. But listen. Oh, Adam Michaels. Just listen to the, the, uh, the Blum House, Jason Blum part of it. And that was awesome. That's one of my favorite episodes of 2015 was when you were slamming him about all the stuff he was doing. And I was on board with you 100%. Um, and to hear his responses, it's totally redeeming. And, um, I have a lot of respect. I, I exactly how, how Josh felt about it and how you feel about it is, is where my head was immediately at. But the reason why I had to state your full name that I just made up was because you said, uh, yeah, I just might do that. You just might post it. You, you have to post it. If the, if all the fans and listeners got that original post or original um, episode for him to hear and listen to it, um, this will definitely get to him. Just post this little section somewhere so that it can get back to him. And he can probably feel better about himself because you uh, laid into him pretty good as a creative mind. And uh, these are really cool to hear his actual thoughts because it was all speculation. And I was on board with it. Um, but I think you should put it up, man, because then he'll hear it. And he'll be so happy that he's Jay of the Dead approved. He's horribly <laughs> podcast approved because it all starts with the fans. And I think if the guy making the movies knows the fans are loving it, that's what it's all about. All the money and all that aside, it's about making horror fans happy with horror movies. So post it. Make it happen. All right, I'm going to finish this episode. Bye. <laughs> I love that guy. I really so, do. I don't know how Adam, he guessed my name. Did I? I don't know if I talked about Adam before on the podcast. I, I've i met him one time. I don't think he would remember this. Um, you met him in person? Yeah. Um, Adam was in a, in a rock band called Searchlight, <clears throat> and they had a song on the Resident Evil, I believe it was 3 soundtrack. Wow. And Adam's a friend of a friend. Um, he's friends with the two guys that I'm really close with, Brandon Steinekurt and Brian Patchett. And Brian Patchett is um, Brain over on the Sci-Fi Podcast. And uh, Brain suggested that Adam would be a great guest for us. Um, and I so I, I started following Adam on Instagram. And he's also just an amazing artist. He does these awesome... Um, horror, but also all movie genre uh, paintings that he sells off of his Instagram page and probably other places too. I'm sorry, Adam, if I'm misrepresenting you, but um, I've, I've just been following him on Instagram. And so that's uh, where I've seen him. But yeah, he's a really talented guy. And just again, further proof that we have such awesome listeners out there that are doing such amazing things. And it's cool uh, to hear from him because I hadn't heard from him before. But yeah, I saw his band play um, in Utah. They did a big CD release show. 
Uh, my friend Brandon produced their album, and um, I went out and saw their show. Oh, wow, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I can't believe your uh, deep cut ties that you got tonight, Josh, on this show. <laughs> like, <laughs> run into <laughs> the directors in New York City and you know, band members who are listeners. That's just, it's <laughs> incredible. Well, thanks. Sorry. For, no, that's cool. Thanks for your voicemail, Adam. So, so Josh, help me understand. Was he saying, yes, I should take my points and make a blog post out of it and then put the audio from the AMA discussion along with it. Is that what he wants me to do? I think he was referring to, um, uh, sorry, I got I lost my train of thought. What were you talking about? Well, I'm just I was trying to determine exactly what Adam was wanting me to do, and 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 it sounded like because because you said Josh in that episode you you said you should take your points and just make them into a, a concise blog post, you know, just list that as a blog post so people can find it. Although it is in the show notes, so it well, is I was saying to but, cut the audio clip and make it part of your Jay the Dead's five minutes of horror, or re-record just the points. Um, okay. And so we can circulate that as just an audio clip without it having the weight of the Jason Blum thing tied to it. Um, I, I think so. Adam was suggesting uh, kind of posting uh, the response, I guess. To, but um, I don't know how exactly the best way to do that would be. But that that I don't know. I'd like to. I would like to let Jason know that we read that and considered it. So mm-hmm. maybe we can maybe we can tweet him that as well. Along like we did with the (laughs) the barrage of hate hate tweets that he got from us already. (laughs) Well, and I want to say one other thing about Jason Blum. I I do I like the guy, but but here's the thing. I I think we should all be clear on one thing. I've heard unless he has changed his mind, which he could have, and that's fine. But I've heard him say in interview, he he's not necessarily a horror fan. He just wants to make money. And he said it in a nicer way. But I mean, that's basically, so that's what he's doing. Now, I agree with Adam's sentiments in his voicemail. You should be, you know, doing this for the fans, create what horror fans love, and you will make money, which was really the heart of my thesis in that whole thing. Do what we want. We will love it. You will sell well, and you'll make money. But but I'm just, I just want to point out that he's a super smart guy. He's a good businessman. But it's not that he's a horror fan. It's just that the guy knows how to make money. He wants to make money. And I guess we can't fault him for that. Yeah. I mean, I think he's trying to do good work too. And that's what I, that was my big takeaway from that AMA is just the guy is doing his best with, you know, with who he is to make what he thinks is quality content. He's not just out there, you know, trying to do quick cash grab kind of deals. And we understand that around here doing our best with what we have to make good content. Speaking of good content, Dr. Shock wrote to me today and Josh with this awesome story that further demonizes and makes Walmart a scary entity. So Dave, why don't you take us through this? This is a very cool thing. Okay. Um, Well, Everybody's aware. I'm assuming everybody's aware. I think we talked about it in our Christmas episode, how when a Christmas horror story was released in Walmart, when Walmart put it on the shelves, the title was changed to uh, a holiday horror story. You know, they had taken Christmas out of the title. Honestly, I, and I'm assuming there were other people, I don't think I'm alone with this, assumed that it was Walmart's 
sort of jumping on the PC bandwagon of, well, you know, let's let's do holiday, you know, instead of Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, that whole thing. You know, let's let's sort of, you know, to, to sort of make it for everybody type of thing. That was what I assumed that decision was. Yeah, make Festivus for the rest of us, right? Right, right, right. Well, after, right after the holidays, I had gotten some gift cards. And I was standing in Walmart, and I was looking in their indie section where I had found some good movies before. You know, I had found, you know, some of the ones that uh, were some of my favorites from last year. I found in that section. And I looked one section over, and I noticed that they were about, it was the old, it was what was left over from their holiday films. (laughs) And I noticed about six DVDs that had the word Christmas in them, including one of these vapid, horrific Hallmark movies, you know, that they show that they, that they show a hundred of them every year that you could have easily put holiday in the title and it wouldn't have changed anything. I can't even remember what it was, but it just jumped out at me. One of them was like a biblical story and whatnot. And I'm like, wait a second. These all say Christmas. There's nothing here that says holiday. These are just straight up Christmas and they're not like beloved classics like a Charlie Brown Christmas or you know or 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 you know anything like that. This is just brand new stuff. Nobody knows what it is. It's right. just brand new and it has Christmas in the title here. Like, well that's kind of strange. Why did then Well then another story came out and I forwarded you guys this that um they had to change the title of Deathgasm. And let me see if I can pull it up here as to what they what they changed it to. And this was iHorror.com. This was on iHorror.com had had talked about this and it, the the article was called Horror Censorship. Walmart changes title of Deathgasm. They changed it to Heavy Metal Apocalypse. Is what they changed <laughs> Deathgasm to. Which isn't quite the same. <laughs> no, it's not quite the same. And you know what they have done it for one other movie. It's more descriptive. Yeah. They did it for one other movie that I saw, and it was in this article. For Bloodsucking Bastards, they renamed it Bloodsucking uh, Bosses. Okay. They now, should have said Bloodsucking Varmints. <laughs> just, or something. Yeah, I'm just, just kidding. <laughs> they, they shouldn't have changed it at all. I'm totally joking. But okay. Well, let's but let's look at the three movies. Okay, Bloodsucking Bastards. All right. Maybe they don't want Bastards on the on the shelf, although I'm sure they sold Inglorious Bastards and didn't have a <laughs> right. problem with it. <laughs> yes. Um. Oh, Death Gasm. No, that was actually called Glorious Bosses. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was what it was. Yeah, they had changed that. It was World War II. Inglorious Generals or something. Um, they changed Death Gasm to Heavy Metal Apocalypse. Maybe the Gasm, maybe the whole Death Gasm, Orgasm. I don't know. Maybe there's something like that that they objected to. But now let's look at a Christmas horror story. There's nothing in that title that would stand out except for the word Christmas. They The, the only thing that I could take away from this is they don't want Christmas associated with horror. Yeah, I mean, why else would you change that? Jay brought this up when we were talking about Silent Night, Deadly Night, how the kind of outrage over even Santa Claus kind of being tainted by horror. That's interesting. I, I I don't know. I can't think of any other reason you would change it. No, I, it, it would have been for me the PC. Okay, we're getting Christmas. We're doing holidays, so everybody can enjoy it. But that's not the case. They had plenty of Christmas titles on the shelf, low budget stuff that, that you know, it's not first run things that <laughs> they could have changed to holiday too, but they didn't. They kept it Christmas. The only they changed holiday, they changed Christmas horror to holiday horror because they don't mind horror being associated with a holiday, 
They just don't want it associated with Christmas. <laughs> and that's where it gets a little bit. Now, it's you know what? It's a little – it's hard to go after. Walmart has, does some good things. They put out these independent movies for, for people to, to get. You know, a lot of other sto- – I don't know that everybody's doing that. I don't know that all the major chains are doing that. Maybe they are now. You know, maybe I'm wrong. But I don't know. That just – to me, that just – that was almost like stepping over a line there that – because we personally don't want Christmas associated with horror, we're going to change the title. Mm. Most of the times in the past, when you're looking at the old, you know, Grindhouse movies, they would change the titles sometimes from city to city to try to, you know, boost up the box office. Right. So you'd look at some of these movies and they'd have like 18 titles listed with them. But that's the producers releasing them. Um, you know, and, and I know that there was one, what was it, the South Park movie where the, uh, the they originally, I can't remember what they called it, but the MPAA had a problem with it. <laughs> Um, of course. So they, so the two guys came out and called it uh, what was it the, uh, what did what do they call it? Bigger, longer, or uh, something? An uncut. Right. Bigger, harder, and uncut. And the the MPA didn't get it, so they passed it okay. Right. Like they didn't get what they were saying with that. But anyway, it just seems to me that now we're getting into corporations changing titles for their shelves, and for no good reason other than we just don't like Christmas being associated with horror. I just can't see. What other reason there was for changing it if they didn't have a problem with the word Christmas being in a title? So you're saying, Dr. Shock, just to be clear, which is how you concluded your email that I loved, you said Walmart isn't promoting politically correct holiday greetings. They're actually censoring horror. Is and that's what, it, that's what it seems like. The three mm-hmm. times they've changed wow. titles, it's been horror movies. It's interesting. I mean, they, um, we learned from one of our listeners that Walmart distributed Krampus the Christmas Devil. I wonder if they changed that title because that seems the most offensive, the Chris, a Christmas Devil right? of all things. I'm pretty um, sure I saw that at Walmart, and I'm pretty sure it was just Christmas Devil as it hmm. was regularly interesting. titled. That's interesting. Yeah, I remember seeing it. But – um. Yeah, I just wow. I mean, they have never. I don't know that they've ever said why it was changed. Like, I don't know that Walmart ever releases statements about this. No. So I don't know. So I can't. I can't say for sure if anybody out there knows and has seen it. But knowing that they don't have a problem with Christmas, but they have. But this had to be changed to a holiday horror story. It just it kind of stands out. And the only three titles that I'm seeing here, you know, from the three instances that they've been changed, all three have been horror movies. Wow, I guess yeah, Sam Walton. Or getting crapped on once again. <laughs> yeah, that's what it, that's what it exactly. seems like. That's what it seems like, and I hate to jump to that conclusion without having like Walmart's side of it. Not that they're they're promote, not that they're mentioning their side. I think they probably would just like this whole thing to sort of just get released and not have to deal with it. Yeah. Um, but that I, the Christmas one is what really throws me. I mean, the other two they can make a case for for good taste or whatever you know for deathgasm and and blood sucking bastards or whatever but for a christmas horror story i just don't know what what their reasoning would have been other than what i said <laughs> this is something i've been thinking about a lot mm-hmm. lately um i got in a little twitter tiff with uh, mad zoller sites do you know who that is jay i sure do from rogerebert.com yeah i don't know why he gets to write on rogerebert.com but whatever. <laughs> I got in a little Twitter fight with him the other day. Um, he was basically suggesting that uh, snobbery amongst film critics does not exist. And if it ever did, it hasn't since 1965, but basically he's saying it never existed at all. Wow. And I said, 
that does not ring true to me whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm, you know, and I mentioned to him, you know, I read more film criticism than I think the average person does. Mm-hmm. I certainly listen to a lot via podcasts and I hear a lot of film critic snobbery, you know, and I'm not even just talking about our shows. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> You're talking about those that we look down upon. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, and so he was saying, um, he was saying, well, what are you talking about? Just they don't like the movies you don't that you like. And I'm saying, well, I don't think that's the case. It's, to me, the it's the attitude of being dismissive of films or, or in some cases, entire genres. Um, that's when I really get frustrated listening to. And you know, I like NPR. I do not like NPR's film critics. Um, and and the same goes for I listen to a podcast or I used to called film week. Um, and I, and I like the host Larry Mantle, but man, their panel of hosts are the biggest snobs. And every time there's a, a movie that, and listen, look, we've all been there. You, all three of us on the show have had our film snob phases. I'm sure. Sure. But like every movie that comes out, they say, Oh, well, there's a French film from 1962 that covered this far better. And so this movie is just a waste of cinema. And like, really like most of the people listening to your show will never see that film. It's probably not available on DVD. It's probably, you know, it's probably only available in once a year film print screenings in Los Angeles and Paris. And it's just annoying you know, like I think a lot of critics and I, and I'm for all types of criticism. I like the kind that we do because I feel like to me, it gets all of the different quadrants. Like it covers the academic a little bit. It covers, you know, where you're interested in real film criticism. So hopefully some of what we do advances, you know, actual film criticism, but most of it is just helping people make decisions about movies and, and discussing stuff that we like. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of film critics lose sight of the basic responsibility of helping their audiences find stuff that's going to entertain them. Right. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because even in even within genres, you get that sometimes. You know, I, yes. I can't remember what the podcast it was. It's a couple years ago now. It was a podcast I used to listen to. It was out of England. And this guy was talking about he was asked to be a to be a, a guest on another podcast that he thought was a little high end, but he said, Okay, I'll go on there. They were talking about they were having a, a group of people on to discuss what was the best horror movie ever made. <laughs> okay. Um, so they all got together and this guy was listening and he said, you know, I had this one woman, she was she, she was um sort of pontificating a bit and, and she was a scholar and whatnot. But the final conclusion of the panel, I guess it wasn't a unanimous, but that the best horror film of all time was The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. <laughs> hmm. I now, mean, you know, The yeah. Cabinet of Dr. Caligari is a damn good movie. Yeah. You know, no doubt about it. OK. And it did a lot of think German expressionism, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. But if you're trying to promote something to a horror fan. I don't know that you're going to say start at the cabinet of Dr. Callaghan. <laughs> right. <clears throat> yeah. For today's audience, that's the thing. That's the type of thing you work toward as you kind of sort out the influences of the you things that you watch. out. If you're interested yeah. in the history of the genre, you go back and watch the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. 
you're not going to say, okay, from the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, I'm going to jump to the exorcist. <laughs> you know, it just, right. that's not how it works. Yeah, but, however, and, and no, that would not have been my pick. Everybody knows my pick would be the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, of course. That's but mine, yes. And Docs, too. But, however, just if they really thought that that was the greatest horror film of all time, then then I would argue that they shouldn't like hide that under a bushel, so to speak, and and be ashamed of if that's what they think it is. You know what I mean? I don't think they should, mm-hmm. you know, for fear of losing potentially new horror fans or converts, so to speak. I mean, sure. what do you say about that? I'm just suggesting that they should, that they do have a responsibility to talk about the movies that are in front of them and, and give the little movies a little bit of, res- I mean, look, any description, yeah, I do this all the time. When I talked about Final Girls, I referred to it as somewhere between Scream and Scary Movie, which is totally not fair if you actually look at fi- the Final Girls, but it's kind of a shorthand that we do. Um, you know, and and that's just something that happens in film criticism because it allows your the listeners to kind of like have a touchstone for what you might be talking about. Like, oh, okay, well, it's kind of in this in this region here, you know, and I, to me, I don't know. I take that seriously. Um, I'm talking about the films from my own subjective point of view and looking for quality and all of that stuff. But when I do my recommendations, I'm doing a little more um, just the way I feel about it and what I think others will enjoy. And that's, I guess where my rating and recommendation breaks down. Jay, I noticed that though, with your top 10 list, you kind of said, my top 10 list is I'm just kind of going from the gut. It's not really, mm-hmm. uh, it's not, doesn't really tie to my numerical ratings as much as, um, you know, normal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, backcountry was a really good example of that. I mean, even though I rated it like a 5.5, it was astounding even to me guys and gals <laughs> that it was on my top 10, but, the, but, um, the bear attack stuff was just, I, I thought about it all year. Like, I saw that in, what, July, mid-year, and I've thought about it many times since that. And I'm like, that truly horrified me on a deep level. What I'm inarticulately trying to get across is that although I like the deep diving discussions and pseudo-academic intellectual stuff, we a big part of what we're doing here is trying to help people find good picks that they can go watch. Right. That's that's a major part of film criticism, whether you want to admit it or not, I think. Yeah, that's like me personally, and not that anybody asked, but that's half of the reason I do this show. The other half is I really want to ex- genuinely explore the why horror works or how it works on people. Which is which is why we get into a lot of these discussions we get into. I mean, uh, I like to give fine recommendations for people, and I like to try to explore why this genre works or how it's working mm-hmm. or not working for that matter. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, Jay, I'm just going to throw this out here real quick. I just updated. You know, I I was still on the page after reading Rob's comment about the Olympics. <laughs> yes. Um, because uh, you know he had just posted that today. I just refreshed. There is another comment down there. And I think we should probably have to say this is from Red Cap Jack. All right. And it says, I had a chance to catch up on Bone Tomahawk tonight. Wow. Just, just wow. Look, Jay, no matter where we may disagree on some aspects, I have got to thank you for this recommendation. I doubt I would have ever heard about it anywhere else with this, with as little promotion as that gem is getting. It's amazing. Loved it. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. And I have to in turn defer 
to our friend Shannon, who is also a listener of Horror Movie Podcast. And yep. I, I first read Shannon's recommendation of it on the Horror Movie Podcast comment boards. And so thank you, Red Cup Jack. Um, all credit goes to Shannon. And I just want to, the listeners who are not on our comment boards, you could probably tell if you've made it an hour into this episode now, you, you there is some seriously great stuff on our comment boards, better than the audio podcast portion. So make sure you're checking it out and, and get involved. It's a great community. And, and Josh, did you notice... It was super cool. We've had people come in and say, hey, this is my first time commenting. The other commenters like say, hey, welcome. You know, welcome. I'm like, that is so awesome that they welcome. Them. Yep. I just love it, that. It is. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, this has grown. It's grown. It's honestly grown. Well, because it's their beyond. place. Man. That's yeah. their. That's their. It <laughs> is. That's their domain. And it has grown way beyond this podcast. If you think about it. I mm-hmm. mean, it, it really has to become a. a, a much broader community. Yeah. There are some listeners who even are subscribed to so many of the older episodes that a new listener will show up and comment on our, our, our house vampires episode from, you know, eight months ago and our listeners will go back and invite, like welcome those people. Yeah. That's great. Classy, classy crew. And anytime I get crap from people about being a horror fan, it's like, Hey, (laughs) come and meet my friends. On the comment boards, they're amazing people. So, anyways, the the big reason we're here tonight, now that we're an hour and ten minutes into this, is we want to talk about some of the horror movies coming up in 2016. Maybe a little predictions, maybe a little bit of stuff we're excited about. Does that sound okay with you guys? Sure. I just wanted to let people know that I have been busy catching up on the 2015 films that I missed. Um, I did watch No Escape first. That was my number one priority. Thank you. Um, then Christie was next, and Girl House is going to be after that. Uh, there were a couple of here. Oh, I saw Last Shift. Oh, I talked. I had already talked about it on the show. I haven't seen Let Us Pray, um, but that's on my list as well. And then three others um, that I hadn't seen uh, that we didn't talk about. Well, I guess we did talk about Bloodsucking Bastards. Pay the Ghost and Nocturna were the other two big ones that popped up that I had not even heard of pay the ghost, I guess is more of a mainstream film with Nicholas cage. Had you guys heard anything about that one? I've seen it no. advertised, oh. but I haven't watched it or anything. And then Nocturna looks awesome. Um, it's a new Orleans slash Asian influenced vampire film. Oh, that does look good. I saw a trailer for that. Just, uh, just today. Now is that this looks excellent? So is this 2015 or 2016? Well, it's listed Not as 2015. Nocturne. And it's yeah, it's already on Amazon. It was a 2015 film. Okay. I didn't even hear about it, but um, it is available on Amazon Instant Video for 3.99 digital rental, and it had a 2015 release date. Nice. Okay. Well, we're gonna have to check that out then. Anyway, I'm just getting caught up on my 2015, so I I will be dropping reviews as I catch up on those films. I guess I gave a mini review of No Escape, and um, mm-hmm. the other thing that was awesome is I got my Final Girls Blu-ray. And that is a really quality Blu-ray for anybody out there that was considering buying the movie. Um, if you go on Amazon, it doesn't say what any of the special features are, but there are some great features. It's got um, deleted scenes and two awesome commentaries. So the director's commentary with the cast is is better than most. Um, and the writer's commentary is next level. Those guys know their stuff. Every complaint I had about the movie 
they had about the movie too. And uh, they are legit horror fans, um, especially Mark um, really, really knows his stuff about, and, and they were hardcore referencing so many great movies during the film. And not all of that came through in the direction. The director was a little bit more interested in the comedy side of things. It turns out. Yeah. But it's been very enlightening to listen to the commentary and know that they actually wrote a hard R uh, the first time they wrote the film and um, really wanted it to be very horrific. Another amazing thing that I didn't know is that Joshua John Miller, one of the other writers, um, he is actually the little boy from Near Dark. Oh, wow. And I found out so many fascinating things about him from this commentary. His father... Right. Is Jason Miller, the playwright and actor that played the priest in The Exorcist. Oh, wow. His brother is Jason Patrick, the <laughs> actor. Wow. From from and, Lost Boys? Yeah, and the wow. age-old debate is which 1987 vampire movie was better, The Lost Boys or Near Dark. Right. Two brothers starred in those two movies. Isn't that, that something? Incredible. I, that I, is I'm amazing. dying to get him on the show now and talk about the final girls and near dark and lost boys that and the exorcist. Awesome. But this will give you a deeper appreciation for the final girls. Um, watching this guys. And this is to everybody out there. Um, so Joshua, John Miller, his father, Jason Miller, the, the, uh, you know, the priest from the exorcist died in 2001, which was his inception point for wanting to write this film because wow. when he thought about his father, you know, what he thought about was the classic movie scene of his father dying. And when he wanted to revisit, you know, memories of his father, it was just through cinema. And that's what wow. this character is dealing with in the final girls is her mom is this B movie actress that was in this crappy slasher movie. And, and all those emotions are coming from his real life, first of all. That's amazing. But then the director's father also passed away, and he put a bunch of that into the movie as well from a directing point of view. And, the movie, and that's why, now looking back, the emotional stuff in that movie works so well. It's because both the writer and director are dealing with real stuff there, and it's so great. I mean, I rewatched the movie two times since I've had the Blu-ray with the uh, – both commentaries, and then I, and I had to turn the commentaries off a couple of times just to watch the scenes. And man, that final Betty Davis size scene, which I won't spoil, so emotional, it's so good. I'm excited about that big time. Now, um, just to clarify, and this has come up a lot, so Josh has been talking about the final girls, right? Yes. <laughs> and not. A movie called Final Girl. Which I bought thinking it might be the same thing uh, from Walmart. And yes. I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't even end up watching it because I, I found out it was not the same thing. So, yeah, it's not the Abigail Breslin, Wes Bentley one that everybody's been right. recommending and putting on their top ten lists. It's The Final Girls, directed by Todd Strauss-Schulson, right? So yeah, Well, one. this one has been on everybody's top ten lists, too. Are yeah. you saying... Final. The final girls. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The oh, final okay. girls is the one on everybody's list. Yes. The one that's just final girl, no S. Yeah. No, no the. <laughs> Mullen Ackerman and uh, a Farmiga, younger Farmiga daughter or sister. Yeah, Teasa or Teasa. Yep. Yep. I, mean, I don't have their names in front of me, but um, and there's also two really popular comedic actors. There's a guy who's on this Comedy Central show, Workaholics. 
and a guy who's on the uh, series, um, oh, the computer. What's that one called? Silicon Valley. Those mm-hmm. I don't. I didn't. I hadn't seen those shows at the time I first saw the movie. But they're really popular comedic actors that are in the show. Okay. Well, there you go. So. Yeah, we're going to be catching up on the 2015 stuff, but let's talk about uh, 2016, what's coming at least. Now, all of these dates that we have here are subject to change, of course. Um, in fact, I, I, maybe I shouldn't even go into dates because they are so fluid as far as that goes. But we don't really get a ton of information for the upcoming year. Usually you get like the first, I don't know, four to six months you don't learn a lot about what's coming in. And that's what's kind of interesting with horror. It's kind of a surprise. Even if you research a ton about what's coming in this new year, um, you learn all kinds of neat movies like that show up on demand or on Netflix that are like new movies. So, you, you know, this is not an exhaustive list, obviously. So if people are excited about a film and we don't mention it here, please let us know in the show notes so we're all watching for it because... Um, you know, as with every year, I'd like to do better at catching the films as they come along. So the the first one that I have here is uh, the one that's going to be in theaters this Friday as we record this. It'll be last week by the time this releases, but it's The Forest. It's a PG-13 horror movie. Oh. Have you guys seen anything on this? Seeing any ads or anything? No. Who's in it? I've seen just a production still. It looks like kind of scary. Yeah, it's... um it. it no, nobody notable, um, Doctor Shock, but it, oh, it's based on that. I mean, I'm sure you'd know him because you know all these. Uh, Natalie Dormer. Yeah, Natalie Dormer's in it. Stephanie Voigt. Natalie Dormer. Mm-hmm. Oh my! I, I've heard I a lot of people to... in the press complaining about this movie. Um, I guess when they did advertising for it, they sent it out to a lot of the movie blogs and said, "Enter the Suicide Forest," and people were like, not happy about that advertising campaign but oh. yeah but th- but that is what it's about i mean there's a that forest in japan in real life that's that's very well known for i guess a lot of people take their lives there and so that's kind of the premise uh, there there are actually many movies about that forest um that are haunted supernatural type movies so it's one of those and honestly um i'll wait for it to hit redbox only because I'm going to be seeing The Revenant instead. Sorry. Well, if I'll tell you what, if it, with <laughs> Natalie Dormer in it, it would almost be worth it for me to, to see that. <laughs> so you're a big she, fan of hers. Oh, yeah. After seeing her in The Tudors, her Anne Boleyn in that, in that show. Mm-hmm. Good Lord. Yes. Yeah, she, <laughs> yeah I, definitely. Oh, she's quite lovely. Yes. Oh, yes. So, Speaking of lovely ladies, can I, can I bring up um, an interesting dual title movie is The Boy. There's two versions of the boy. Yeah, yeah. Um, one starring Lauren Cohen, who is very lovely. From uh, she plays Maggie on The Walking Dead. Right. Um, oh. And she is the star of one of the movies entitled The Boy that uh, is about a doll, which looks super creepy. Yeah, that, I'm looking at a picture of it right here. Holy cow! Yeah. <laughs> right. But there's also. Um, a Rain Wilson movie that that's also a horror movie that Scream Factory is putting out, and that that one's being released on Blu-ray in March, I believe. Um, but yeah, they both look really great, and it's also called The Boy. Yes, and 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 that's different from the one that people had. Oh no, that's the one people had on their list from last year. The Boy, yeah. that's um, David Morse, Rain Wilson's in it. Okay, yeah. 
I got you. Yeah, a lot of but people it, had it. Was, it was limited release last year, so a lot of people aren't going to have a chance to see it until 2016. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. But the one that's coming to theaters here, and it's like January 22nd, um, that one, if you watch the trailer, here's what they should have done. They should have only shown the first, I think it's between 20 to 40 seconds of the trailer. When I saw those first, like, I will call it 30 seconds, I was like, oh my goodness, I am seeing this movie first this whole year. I cannot wait to see this movie. And then later in the trailer, of course, they show you too much in the trailer. So I just want to tell people, don't watch too much of that trailer. Just watch the first 30 seconds and then turn it off. And you'll be excited about it. I'm not happy about where it goes, but I'm not going to say anything else about it. A lot of people aren't happy with the director of this one. It's the guy who did Stay Alive and The Devil Inside. So there's some Uh about it. Yeah, that's a little bit. um, I remember Stay Alive, actually. Is that the 2006 film? And it's like a, a... like a video game type movie. Yeah, I believe so. <laughs> okay. That that was one of the first movie reviews I ever wrote for a newspaper was Stay Alive. And um I remember my title was Stay Alive, Stay Away. And I thought it was very brilliant. Anyway, <laughs> who says film critics are snobby, right, Josh? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so so Rob Zombies 31. Okay, Josh, here's what here's what I gotta ask you. It's slated to be at, at Sundance Film Festival on January 23rd. Josh, can you get us in? Can you get me in with you? Uh, maybe. You want to go for it? Yeah. Yeah. This is this has been a long-awaited... I mean, this thing has been... Okay, let me just tell people a couple things about this movie. Yeah, please do. Okay, number one, and I won't give any spoilers. Number one is Rob Zombie's flick and he has called it this might just be media hype but he has called it his most brutal film to date okay so there's that um in so much (laughs) that it 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 actually at this point it still has an nc-17 rating he's been trying to get an r rating on it but um it, it i guess it's pretty extreme but but rob zombie supposedly is determined to get it you know, edited down to where it's an R rating. And Josh, will you explain, or or Dr. Shock, will you tell the listeners why a filmmaker is not too crazy about having NC-17 on their movie well, rating? Well, most of, this, most of the major chains won't carry it, I don't think. Right, yeah, they won't even screen you it know. at a theater if it's that. So, anyway, this, this movie, written and directed by Rob Zombie, stars uh, Malcolm McDowell. And and I'm really excited that he's in it. That kind of pumps me up, you know, from a Clockwork Orange. And well, you didn't like him in Zombie. You didn't like him in, Hall- so in Halloween, though. Yeah. And, well, I know, I know, but <laughs> but that's fine. I'm 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 hopeful that he's like they do something. It's a return to form for him. Yeah, they they do something good with him here. So anyway, like like does it does everybody know the the premise to this? Not I'm me. Actually look, I'm looking at it okay. now. On IMDb, it says, uh, real quick, just 31 tells the story of five carnies in 1976 kidnapped on the morning of Halloween and held hostage in a remote industrial hall. While trapped, they are forced to play a violent game called 31. The mission is to survive 12 hours against an endless gang of grease-painted maniacs. Yeah, it's like this killer clown type movie. Not, not like killer clowns from outer space, but more like a horror version of The Running Man. 
kind of of what right. it sounds like. That's why it's what it sounds like, yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of pumped. A lot of people are looking forward to that, so we'll see. Josh, let me know if you can get get us in. I I'd love to do that. We could bring a, uh, an early review to the listeners. Nice. Okay. Josh is like I will yep. not. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's okay. not, I mean, for my Sundance list, it's so hard to get into movies there. I usually focus on movies I'm not going to get a chance to see in theaters. So that's the only reason I hesitate. Like, I, I like to try to see movies that aren't going to get a big release. And I'm sure that one will. Well, now, if this one stays NC-17, it may not. That's true. Yeah. Okay, what about... And now, I'm not even certain that this is going to be like enough horror for people but people will probably see it pride and prejudice and zombies it's pg-13 rated i'm I am, trying to figure out how the heck are they going to do that <laughs> this, i am really excited about it honestly tell it um, josh tell it i just really love the source material they had done this with a few books i mean and it's cheesy yes but there was like sense and sensibility and sea monsters and um pride <laughs> and prejudice and zombies <laughs> And, you know, uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer comes from this pedigree. Okay. Um, but basically, uh, you know, when they first announced this uh, like 10 years ago, Natalie Portman was attached to star in it. And since then, it's like turned into a cast of no-name actresses as far as I can tell. Well, Lily James was the gal from Cinderella, the live-action one. Right. Okay. And Le- Lena Headey obviously has been in quite a few things. Oh, is she in it? That's great. Yeah. Yeah. But so so it could be okay, but um I'm a huge Lena Headey fan actually. But, yeah, me um, too. Me too. Yeah, this uh this looks interesting to me. Um <laughs> I think it could be really great. I think it's just a fun conceit. And yeah, it's like it's it could be wacky. If it's too wacky, that would be problematic. I could actually see them taking it seriously though too, and I think that could uh work. So, I don't know, it's interesting. I think uh Abraham Lincoln was a bit of a letdown for me, um, but I didn't hate it like a lot of people did. I thought it was a cool idea. I just didn't right. think the execution was – it was too much of an action film for me. I would have liked to just see more gothic elements <laughs> included. That, that movie got – that was number two on Bill Shetty's list that year. I remember that. I it, do remember that. Yes, you're right. It up. was. You're I, right. He says it's a great Blu-ray, but what bugged me is I was like, okay – it could have been anybody else but Abraham Lincoln. That's dumb. I just think it's dumb to have the president fighting. Well, again, it's it's, it's from these books. So what they would do is they would take a classic text and then insert zombie scenes into them or right. you know vampire scenes into them. And I just think that's a funny idea. Maybe it works better as a as a in book form um, because you get uh, the you get that humor of having sense and sensibility and then having a sea monster being involved. Well, here's what's interesting. Now that's funny by the way, but here's what's interesting to me about this one before everybody writes off pride and prejudice and zombies. Number one, um, you could probably get your sweetheart to attend it with you maybe. And I'm talking to both uh, males and females. So I'm just saying, but the other thing that I think we shouldn't disregard it for is because it's on IMDb at least. The classification is action slash horror slash romance, and I don't think it's going to be a lot of mushy mushy romance. But I, I think it's interesting that comedy is not in there. So if they actually did like Pride yeah. and Prejudice with serious zombie action, that could be pretty cool. 
Yeah, I mean, the original book was, that's what it was. I mean, the comic book version is more, you know, it's a comic book, so it has that aspect for it. But I feel like you could do it seriously, and it could be okay. I don't like that it has action in there because, again, that bugs me, and, and I worry that it would be more like the Abraham Lincoln film. But yeah. I don't know. Look, obviously no one, this isn't high on anyone's uh, list. And this could be very well the death of the zombie movie. Like this could be, <laughs> it has all the makings of this genre is done. Oh, brilliant, Josh. That's a you good know? point. You might be right. <laughs> but, you know, I, I wondered that too when I first heard, it was like 2009-ish maybe, when I first heard about uh, Dead Snow, like the the first one. I, yeah. I forget when it came out, but I'm like, Okay, Dead Snow with Nazis. I, you know, I'm like I don't know, <laughs> but but who who knows? So that's February 5th is what it's slated for. We'll see. Now here's one that's probably going to be. I'm just saying it right now, so everybody just shut up. No, it's probably going to be a thriller slash no drama. Too. <laughs> oh, you're gonna get it, Doctor Shock. No, no, it it's called Shut In. Okay. And uh, and I don't know. I'm just saying that. Here's the premise: it, it stars Naomi Watts and Oliver Platt, and it's this. It's, it's called a thriller on here about a a widowed child psychologist who lives in an isolated existence in rural New England. She's caught in a deadly storm, and she must find a way to rescue a young boy before he disappears forever. It sounds like drama to me. Probably not horror. Anyway, I'm kind of interested in it. What about a movie called Viral? Have you heard about this? This is um, no, don't, one, I don't like it from the sound of it. <laughs> you, you don't like the fact that it's called viral because it's. I don't know. Is it going to be about a viral video that kills people or something? <laughs> no, uh, it looks like it says. I'm looking at it here. It's, it's about a, a virus that kills kills most of everybody in the world. Yes. And there's a young woman. She's in quarantine, and she's sort of writing about her family's new life. Yes. I guess in quarantine is that along the lines and, of what it is? And guessing? she's and she's got to protect her infected sister. So it sounds like a riff on Maggie, actually. Oh, okay. And maybe it's going to go a little farther. Now, Josh, here is why I think you should have a little bit of interest in it. Um, and of course, this is IMDb, so who knows? But it's classified under drama, horror, sci-fi, and thriller. Could be interesting. Hmm. I mean, it could tackle some stuff. So that's February 19th is when that's slated. I'm kind of excited about it. All right. And then, Josh, tell us about, I mean, we've heard about this from our listener, uh, Kagan in Salt Lake City. He saw it at Sundance. We're all excited about The Witch. Tell us what you know, Josh. I don't know much because I'm intentionally trying to not hear anything about it. I just know it was beloved at Sundance and it got so much hype and I was hoping it was going to come out in 2015, but basically it's it's the Babadook movie. It's the one that everybody is saying, this is the art house horror film of the year. Yeah, and, and what's great about that is, um, just a second what you said, I mean, even Film Comment, which is a bunch of film snob critics, mm-hmm. even they were digging it um, uh, quite a bit, and it was featured in their magazine. That got me kind of excited about it. But also, it's like... Wow, are we gonna get finally a scary witch movie? Maybe. <laughs> like, well, well, we had we had, we um had talked about doing a themed episode around the time of this release, right? Yeah, yeah initially, well, well, initially it was uh, the last Witch Hunter was the reason we oh, okay. did Witch Hunter film, but yeah, we were hoping the witch would be out in time to include it. Right. Yeah, and this is um, rated R, 
and it's slated for at least on here February 26th. We'll see. Everybody watch for that. Now, have you guys, this probably is not going to be horror, but it might end up being one of those things that Jay of the Dead ends up classifying as survival horror and irritating everyone. Did you see the trailer for uh, Desierto? <laughs> no. No. Oh, okay. Well, the trailer looks decent. It's basically um, a movie <laughs> where where uh, there are illegal immigrants trying to cross from Mexico into the United States, and there is a guy, apparently, who's an activist who's just picking them off with a rifle. And it's like a, it, it, I think it's going to be a thriller more than a horror movie. But anyways, um, the thing that I am most excited about, and uh, once again, I mean, the, the, everybody don't blame me. Okay. Don't blame me for this. Cause I don't know with all the genre blending, you can't chew me out too much, but um, there's a movie coming out called Valencia scheduled for March. And uh, Josh, do you know who Dan Trachtenberg is? Yeah, I do. Okay, yeah, totally rad show. Totally rad show. He did. A, he directed a little short film based on a video game called Portal that went huge viral. Ended up getting him a job. Uh, he was going to direct the feature film of Portal at one point. Um, he got all of these huge offers. They kind of disappeared. Um, but he currently works for Bad Robot and has projects in development there. He does, yes. And in this film, Valencia, is very exciting to me because it stars John Goodman. Can't go wrong there. And uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. And here's the premise. I love this. Waking up from a car accident, a young woman finds herself in the basement of a man who says he saved her life from a chemical attack that has left the outside uninhabitable. <laughs> so, so I love that premise. I'm super pumped about mm. that. Um, it's listed as a thriller. Who knows how far it'll go. Guys, what about this? This film, I have heard this was coming out since at least, no exaggeration, at least 2011. Amityville, The Awakening. Yeah. You guys pumped or what? Talk about it. No. no I can't. I don't know that I am either. It's not like the, the last few Amityvilles were so great. <laughs> Uh, there's so many sequels. I don't know if you're you're probably want to wait until we get to the release dates for all of these, but there are th- like ten or twenty major horror franchise sequels uh, on the docket for 2016, and I'm almost not excited for any of them that I see except for two, which harken back to the class to the classics, uh, Friday the 13th and Halloween, but other than those two, I, I'm just not looking forward to all of these horror sequels. Like, just give us something new. Okay, now, I understand that sentiment, but I, I am the guy, I always hold out hope. It's like, well, what if it's good? Maybe it's good. Maybe we get more of this character that we loved. What is there in Amityville that is of any interest. Okay, I got you. I got Nothing. three, three yeah. words. Right. Three words. Here it is. Jennifer Jason Lee. Oh. Now, no, come on. She stars in it. Now, come on. I don't care about that. Did you see her <laughs> in The Hateful Eight? Yeah, I did, but who cares? She, was, so she can spit. She can spit. She That's was almost her. a horror character in that movie. <laughs> but on it, in all the thing, we've got so many, especially you, Jay. Like, we've got so many paranormal horror films out there. And, like, Amityville, the first, is a classic. I mean, it's a classic, classic horror film. 
I actually like the reboot version with Ryan Reynolds just right. because I think it's interesting. Yes. Do we really need the other seven, eight movies? Like they're just rehashing and especially now where we are with paranormal films, we don't need another one. Now the, what I would like to see is basically what the conjuring is, which, you know, those, those characters were the people who were involved with, um, Amityville. Now, if it was about those characters, I could get excited about an Amityville crossover. But other than that, we've seen it all. Okay, but I, I hear you. I mean, you're preaching to the choir when you say we we have enough supernatural movies. Trust me, I'm that guy. I mean, give me give me I'm a supernatural that follows, but don't give me Amityville again. I I get it. No, you know I know, but is. but there's one thing that I. Josh, I'm an optimist. I really am. And I try to have a little bit of hope. Here, The premise of this, Amityville, The Awakening. And, and Dr. Shock, I don't remember if this is supposed to be found footage or not. But, mm. but the premise is a single mother moves her three children into the haunted house. Okay. And, and so the whole single... Doesn't get more original than that. I'm, I'm just saying <laughs> a single mother who's got to protect three children... I don't know. I mean, that could get to me. I don't know. We'll see. I'll have, it's probably going to be terrible and stupid, but but I, I believe in Jennifer Jason Lee. I think she is very talented. She can bring it, guys. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, no now, you mentioned Friday the 13th, Josh. What have we heard on this? Where are we on this next Friday the 13th movie? I, now, I don't know what, what of this is real or speculation. My understanding is that Blumhouse is making the film that Corey Feldman is attached and that it is most likely a found footage movie. And, so, and, and okay. And I've heard, um, since that, I mean, I've, I've heard people say the found footage thing has been dismissed. Oh, it's too I, bad. I guess people griped about that or whatever. I mean, yeah, I can see the case for not wanting one, but at this point in the franchise where nothing's going on that's of any interest, why not try something totally fresh with it? And not to say, I know that me saying the found footage is fresh probably <laughs> is falling on a lot of deaf, deaf ears. But with regard to this franchise, I still believe that it's an, uh, it's a, what did you call it? A filming technique basically um, that has potential if, utilized well um and properly yeah. and i think within a slasher it'd be a lot of fun to see especially an iconic slasher like jason Voorhees. okay but tell me this now this this may change things for you josh <laughs> i've heard and again we who knows what these could just all be rumors that we're all just recycling but but i've heard that they're actually it's going to be another like reimagining again they're going to reboot it again it's not going to be the sequel to the 2009 version it's going to be its own first film i don't i hate that dude yeah i hate that i don't i don't like origin story i'm so sick of the origin story super movies have killed superhero movies have killed up for me like let's get into some stories now we we know who these characters are. Let's try to do something new and interesting with them at this point. Yeah, keep, I don't I mean, need to see how he became Jason Voorhees again. And what are we gonna go? Are we gonna have Jason in the movie, or is it Pamela? Because there's no way they're going back to Pamela. So the last movie, the last reboot, already, you know, made that bridged those mythologies. I don't see right. why I want to do that again. Well, I know you're friends with Sean S. Cunningham and everything, but. I honestly, yeah. I, I, 
I wouldn't mind. I would be open to seeing them tackle an actual remake of the 1980 version. And, and, and you know what I'm talking about. I mean, I know everybody knows what happens in that movie, but, but I'm just trying to be careful. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, I think if it was, I just don't think that's going to happen unless Jason's in it. So I don't think anyone has any interest in making that movie that that's buying or, you know, if Blumhouse bought this franchise, you buy a franchise like that to make money and you're buying the, the reason the thing about the franchise that makes money is the hockey mask. That's true. So you're not going to make it unless it has the hockey mask in it. That's true. But I'm thinking it could be a blend of the two. Well, which we already got. Well, uh, well, are you talking about the 2009 version? Yeah, yeah got, but yeah, there wasn't. The very beginning. Yeah, your it, very beginning. it was very little, though. It was quite slight. But I mean, if, if you did like, I don't know, 60% her story, 40% Jason in full, full blast could yeah, be if you, if you had a movie that did like did a midpoint switch yeah I, I could be interested in that okay yeah me too i mean we can just hope but i'd like to see a non-modern <laughs> version of it though if we're gonna have to go back to the original i don't like to see the lame haircuts of current teenagers and stuff <laughs> in that in that world like let's just give it like give it a 70s look that's why i liked about rob's rob zombie even though it was a modernized tale it had the grit of those older films and i hope whoever they got to do this can do that with friday the 13th if they are indeed going back to the well and doing the first film over again which i think is a mistake Wow. Well, unless let's say Blumhouse is say, okay, we have the rights to my, we have the rights to Jason Voorhees. We're going to do 10 Jason movies. Then by all means, if you're really, if you're going to commit to the franchise, by all means, start fresh, do your thing, throw the platinum doom thing out the window, even though I thought it was okay. Like, let's see what your vision is for this. If you're going to be committed to this, but if it's just a one and done, I'm not that interested. It's like the Halloween thing. I don't mean to be getting ahead of ourselves, but this Halloween returns that they're talking about mm-hmm. uh, Miramax, their rights to the franchise have lapsed, right? Dumb. They are talking about selling it. It's up. Michael Myers is for sale is on the market currently and doesn't have a home, but they have one more movie that they can make with it. And what they're going to do with it is start over again. Supposedly. Now I've heard two, I've heard two different versions. I have heard that they're going to throw out the Rob Zombie movies and start out with a new or go back to the original continuity and have Michael Myers on death row. And that's where the film starts. But do you, do you mean in the rap group? <laughs> what's that? I'm just sorry. That was a terrible joke. Death row, the rap group. Oh. Sorry. The label death row records. Yeah. Um, death row records. Right. <laughs> But yeah, you know he should night over a balcony. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was awful humor. Um, I've heard different things now. I and then I've also heard that they're just going to start over. Um, I don't even see it slated yet. I mean, is it is it supposed to come out around? I, I've seen it on two different lists entitled Halloween Returns. Right, um, but is it planned for this year? Yeah, I've seen it on two 2016 lists. I don't know. Well, I mean, because that's another one. It just keeps getting kicked over, you know, each year to the next year. And because we've been waiting for that for a while. But OK, Josh, I got something for you. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure you'll well, be. have we been waiting for it for a while? Yeah, I think it was uncertain whether or not Rob was going to make another one at, at some point. And they thought they were kind of grappling with that for a long time. 
I mean, after the the White Horse saga. Well, they talked about doing a Rob been- <laughs> or a Halloween three that that went with the zombie continuity, is what I'm trying to say. Right, Ho- horses and all. Right. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just yeah. kidding, Halloween fans. Sorry. Jeez. It's weird that he put a white horse in it, you got to admit. So, anyway, Josh, here's yeah. something you're going to like. Okay. I predict that this is like, this This could be the next It Follows of this year. Oh. What? Why'd I'm excited. You, why'd you do that? Okay, okay. I, was, I thought that was a negative noise. This thing is called Lights Out. And let me tell you the premise. A woman is haunted by a creature that only appears when the lights go out. Now, that... I wish you hadn't even said that to me. What? Because I'm going to have a hard time walking upstairs after this. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, I mean, that is a great horror premise, right? Because think about it. We love Freddy because Freddy Krueger... Well, we don't love Freddy, but we love the premise because Freddy Krueger <laughs> comes after us when we're asleep. He's in our nightmares. And like, when are you most scared of a monster? Well, in the dark. Well, this thing only comes out in the dark. So this is slated for July 22nd. I think this could be... A great film, and here's the here's the reason why I think that we should all get excited about this. This was this is a feature film that has been adapted from like a 2013 short film. So this guy David Sandberg, the director, made it, and I guess it was um, a big enough hit in its short film form that they're like, "Hey, let's do a feature in this." And it's got Teresa Palmer. You'll recognize her if you look her up. I think it could be good. Yeah. I guess so. Okay, okay. So, so we'll keep our fingers crossed on that one. And then, um, Josh, you you brought up the Conjuring two, the in the infield poltergeist. Do you guys have any comments on this? Not super excited again about any of these sequels, but of all of uh, them, I will say the Conjuring because of the potential for having to be based in some sort of true story. I am most interested in. Yeah, that, I, I'll, I'll be checking that one out too. Are you guys excited that it's directed by James Wan? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's good. Yeah, and it's got Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga, Vera Farmiga again. Now, um, this will probably be, when this comes out, this will be the time that I revisit the first Conjuring and, you know, reassess my rating, as I've promised to do for <laughs> since episode two or something. Anyways, Okay. So moving on, I'm sure everybody's excited about that. Slated for June 10th. Okay, this is one of my favorites. Next to Valencia, this might be tied with Valencia for my most anticipated of the year. Here it is. Tell me this is not a Jay of the Dead survival horror premise. It's called The Shallows. A young woman is stranded alone on a buoy with a great white shark circling the waters between her and the shore. Guys, <laughs> that's my movie right there. Wow. I've been waiting all day for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to love that. It's got Blake Lively in it, and I, I cannot wait. So that's, uh, what I say, July? Yeah, it's June. June 24th is when that's going to be out. It's called The Shallows. Okay. Right. What about The Purge 3? Boo. <laughs> uh, the second one was just pure action movie. I thought it was more interesting than the first movie because it was at least something different. But yeah, it wasn't much horror to it and it wasn't good enough that it, I thought I needed any more for sure. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't even know what I would recommend to these people. But, you know, it's not... I don't know. Are you excited about Dr. Shock? Yeah, no, I can't say I really am. <laughs> okay. All right, so n- none of us are that excited about that. Okay, what about... There's a movie. This might be up Kyle Bishop's aisle, uh, or alley. <laughs> it's called Patient Zero, which is obviously a uh, very familiar zombie-type term. This is slated for September, and it's got it's got Doctor Shock's girl in it, Natalie Dormer. It's also got Stanley nice. Stanley Tucci in it, right? And after an unprecedented global pandemic has turned the majority of humankind into violent infected, a man gifted with the ability to speak to the infected's new language leads the last survivors on a hunt for patient zero <laughs> and a cure. <laughs> that sounds awful. Come on, John. Their language. Yeah, it would it would have been better if he could merely understand their new language. But the fact that he can speak it, I'm a little worried about that. There's a little bit of that in uh, Warm Bodies, I guess. Too. Um, this sounds not good to me. Although I do like Stanley Tucci, of course, and I, and I like the title better than Viral. But. Okay, uh, how about this title? That you're gonna like this, Underworld Five with Kate Beckinsale once again. Boo! <laughs> Are you serious? You don't like? I, I like Kate. I can watch her in Underworld like like seventy one. I would because I, I like, like Kate. I don't like action movies. I don't either. Stupid, stupid movies. But Josh, I like Kate. The only good thing about those movies is the armature on the legs for the werewolves. If you've ever seen the uh, behind the scenes for the underworld films, particularly the first film where they had to make the bodies of the werewolves, it's some of the coolest armature I've seen to make the werewolves actually walk. Uh, But that does not a great horror film make. These are stupid, stupid films. They should stop making them. Well, I don't want any horror movies with machine guns and people doing the matrix poses. <laughs> None of that needs to happen in a horror movie. I understand. I don't blame you. Well, okay, here, here's one then that I'm not excited about. And I promised this podcast a long time ago uh, that I, I mean, I actually owe a review of the first one to this podcast. Not that anybody really cares if I pay up on that, but Ouija two is coming out in October. <laughs> Ouija two guys. It's got Doug wow. Jones in it. Doug Jones. Nobody's excited about that. Not <laughs> well, maybe, maybe Doug Jones is. Yeah, maybe paycheck. <laughs> yeah. I got to get paid. And it's got, it's got my girl Lynn Shay, whom I love, you know, you know what I'm super oh. excited about with Doug Jones. Tell um, it, tell there's it. There's this guy. I, I, I don't, I'm sorry. I'm not prepared to talk about this. There's a filmmaker who does these interesting remakes of old films. So he has done the cabinet of Dr. Caligari already, I believe with Doug Jones. And, um, he's doing right now Nosferatu with Doug Jones. So what he does is he takes the original films and then he shoots his own new scenes and places them in backgrounds and settings that are lifted from the original film prints. Um, and, Wow. Tries to uh, make, you know, shoot it in a style that looks like it comes from the original print. And so he's inserting Doug Jones in there as Nosferatu, as the Max Shrek character, um, and creating new scenes and retelling 
the story with new with additional material. The oh. only problem with that is as good and as talented as Doug Jones is, and we can all agree, I mean, he's not going to beat Max Shrek. Let's see. Come I, on. I, I donated to this project on Kickstarter, um, so I'm really happy. I mean, I was really happy about the uh, Caligari film that he did, and I'm really excited about this. I don't know. I don't know. What do you say, Dave? Are you okay with this? I'll give it a try. You know, I'll check it out. Um, no, I can't say I'm like, can't wait for it, but I'll see. You know, I, I'm a big fan of Nosferatu. It's in my top 10. Right. So, eh, it'll be interesting. Are they, here's my question though. With Doug Jones in it as the new Nosferatu, are they going to have more than nine minutes of him in it? <laughs> Well, they're going to have a lot. I'm guessing so, yeah. Okay, good. Good. (laughs) So they're calling it Nosferatu, the feature film remix. Ooh. And it looks great. I don't know that they need the word remix in the title. Well, that's just to explain what he's doing, you know. Um, That was the name of the Kickstarter campaign. The actual film might not be called that. Okay, that's good. Because this isn't a DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince Uh, movie. Nosferatu, (laughs) the vampire lives is what the poster says. Okay, that's better. Created by David Lee Fisher, and um, I would recommend people check out the Caligari clips and his little Kickstarter uh, campaign video before coming to a conclusion as to whether or not um, this is worth seeing, because it's it's a pretty interesting idea. So if we have any listeners out there who speak German, I'm just wondering, I, um, <laughs> I've read that Shrek in German... Well, the Shrek is the German word for terror. And so that would be really weird if Matt, Max Shrek's last name was actually terror. Yeah, I've heard that too. But well, we don't know if that's true. Harkens, harkens back to Shadow of the Vampire. Yes, it does. And that dude was supposedly 6'3". And do you right. know how he died back how? in 1936? How was that? Not a wooden stake, but close. A heart attack. So... Oh. Just saying. Ooh, good cover. Yeah, so kind of weird. <laughs> but anyways. <laughs> All right. By the way, I'm looking at the Doug Jones makeup for Nosferatu right now, and it looks so good. But there's part of me that wishes they would just do their own movie um, right. with Doug Jones, because that could be cool too. But this is, I don't know, it's just an interesting way to, it's something new. This is what we were always asking for is something new. So that's cool. Okay, well, we'll be open-minded then. Okay, so um, guys, do you have um, anything else that's uh, that you know about that we're looking forward to, or at least horror related that's coming out in 2016? Yeah, there's a bunch of lame additional um, sequels, right, coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like, a, isn't there a Leatherface movie coming out? I don't know. I, that's all the research I did was. That's all I had time for. I, I believe there's. I believe there's a. A lay movie called Leatherface coming out. Yeah, um, that's true. Blumhouse has a movie called Visions that's like a Rosemary Baby's Rosemary's Baby style uh, film. There's a there's a sequel to The Ring, or they're restarting that franchise with a film called Rings. Um, you, you mentioned The Purge three. Um, there's a movie called Holidays that's coming out. Oh. And um, it's going to be an anthology film, and each one's going to cover a different holiday. And um, the directors I'm not excited about so far. There's the Dracula Untold director is signed on to it to do one. Um, but Kevin Smith is doing one of those segments as well. 
There's a new Sam Raimi movie coming out called uh, A Man in the Dark mm. that I'm interested in. Um, oh, the Starry Eyes director is also doing one of the holidays segments. So okay, yeah. That could be good. Um, yeah, so there's, there's just a lot, a lot, a lot of sequels coming out. Yeah, that's right. I did see uh, A Man in the Dark. That's slated for like the end of August. And that's, um, it, it reminds me, it sounds like it's riffing a little bit on, um, what's that called? The, the really f- famous movie from like the sixties that we love with the wom- the blind woman who's in her apartment. Wait until dark. Yeah. Wait until wait dark. Until yeah. dark. Yeah. This is a group of teens break into a blind man's home thinking they'll get away with the perfect crime. They're wrong. The one that I'm most excited for, my number one anticipated film of 2016, is called The Bye Bye Man. Um, I don't know for sure that it's going to be out in 2016. They just finished shooting it, um, but they're saying um, that it's going to be out now or out in 2016. It's directed by Stacy Title, who horror fans will not appreciate her um, resume because she's done films like Snoop Dogg's Hood of Horror, but she did some. She's done some awesome dramatic work earlier in her career. Uh, she directed and wrote one of these amazing movies. Uh, what is it called? The Last Supper. Yes, I love The Last Supper. Thank oh, okay. you. Yeah. Um, and this film is written by her husband, Jonathan Penner, who I'm a big fan of from Survivor. So that's why I'm excited about The Bye Bye Man. <laughs> but this was supposedly the Weinstein Company, their new Michael Myers. So they're if they're letting go of Michael Myers this year, this is the character they hope is going to be their new horror icon. And he's called The Bye Bye Man. And Doug, he's played by Doug Jones as well. Well, it's in post-production, Yeah, it's slated for October 14th, so it, it probably will come out this year. Yeah, so Doug Jones is going to be the bye-bye man, and I have really high hopes for this. It's based on a short story called The Bridge to Body Island, which I have not read, um, but I've been avoiding because I want to be surprised. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, I've, I've actually heard some things about this one, too. This is one of the the films to watch, right? It's the one yep. of the films people are really looking forward to. Well, yeah, year. I mean, because, again, the Weinsteins are saying this is the next Michael Myers. This is the next Jason Voorhees. This is the next big horror icon and character. So you hope for them. Yeah. Right. One film that I, you know, along those lines that I am rooting against, and I there's part of me that doesn't even want to talk about it on the show, but Jeepers Creepers 3 supposedly is um, – Greenlit now and happening in 2016. Isn't that out? The Cathedral one? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, Jeepers Creepers 3 Cathedral is what that was called. Okay. And has that... I thought that was done. And this is Victor Salva, right? Written and directed? Yeah, Yeah, which is why I am so against it. I think Victor Salva is a piece of crap, but... um, Right. um, (laughs) Yeah, I thought it was not released yet. And and I, I this is so weird. Now I'm kind of tripping out, guys. I could have sworn that that thing was. Um, I mean, I know it, they had talked about it for a few years, and then I thought it finally came out, but I guess not. And the dates I see on it are 2017. So okay. Oh well. But there's one you one you missed, Jay. That's on Fandango that they list among their 17 most anticipated horror movies of 2016. Let's hear it. I'm surprised you passed this one by. Ghostbusters. 
Oh my goodness! I'm excited, guys. I'll I'll say that I'm excited, but it's not gonna be horror. Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig. Kate McKinnon, Leslie Jones, and Chris Hemsworth. Like I felt about The Force Awakens with regard to the prequels, I feel like the bar is so low from Ghostbusters 2 that, you know, like, yes, you're treading on sacred ground for a lot of us. I know Jay doesn't care about these movies. Um, For me, (laughs) you're treading on sacred ground, but, you know, it's been long enough. I'm, I wouldn't mind. I'm not, I'm interested in seeing what they do with it. And I know that Ivan Reitman, wants to franchise this, which again might sound bad to some people, but I think a Ghostbusters universe could be really cool and you could get some really scary ones, hopefully, in that oh. But they won't make it scary is the thing. It's just gonna be a comedy. That library scene Yeah. Scared well, yeah, the crap out of me when I was a kid. In the original me too. Yeah, me I, too. I totally agree. I think that's true, but I mean I wasn't so scared of Slimer. Right, but no, that library scene was. <laughs> what about the marshmallow man? Was, was he scary no. to you? I think no, that was that was that actually got one of the biggest laughs in the theater. <laughs> I love that movie, man. I do too. I saw it twice in a week. I loved it so much, and you see it with the right crowd back then. You know, like the packed house, and oh, it was so much fun. The the best line, <laughs> the, the very best line in that movie is. Back off, pal. I'm a scientist. <laughs> That's Actually, brilliant. the scene oh, I really like is when they're faced with this ghost in the library. Mm-hmm. And Bill Murray says, okay, what do we do now? And you just see Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramos look at each other like, we have no idea what we do now. <laughs> I love that scene. Well, it's got to be the, if anyone asks you if you're a god, say yes. That's yeah, right. got to be the best line. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good line too, actually. But yeah, so... Good stuff, Ghostbusters. Um, I'm not looking at it as a horror movie, but I am excited to see it. Well, Fandango is. Well, Fandango. Okay. We're covering it, man. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, good. They can can, uh, yell at you guys. Let's do a Ghostbusters versus episode that week. That'll be fun. You mean Ghostbusters versus No Escape? Just kidding. I'm just (laughs) totally kidding. Okay. Really, the, the, the saddest thing for you about all this is you really have no ro- room to complain about anybody else's picks for anything. What? After, after naming No Escape your number one, it's really hey, okay. diminished your your complaining about what and what isn't horror credibility. No, no, no. Here's, here's what happened. And this is the last thing I'll say about it's it. It's exploded it. I'm sure people are so sick of this. Uh, all I heard for like years now is people crying about Jay, you're, it's too narrow. Your definition of horror is too narrow. So uh, then I branch out a little bit, and I'm like, this is horror to me because it scared me to death, and everybody's like calling foul. See? See how they do? I'm just a good, <laughs> I'm a confused man. Just yeah, can't well, get you're it saying right. Gremlins isn't horror, though, and you're saying no escape is, and that's where that's where the bells start going off. No Escape was 500 times scarier to me than Gremlins. Come on. Oh. Come on. Gizmo. On that, note, on that note, people <laughs> would really like to hear a show where we cover films like Gremlins. Uh, we cover The Burbs uh, has come up, yeah. Monster Squad. And people are really wanting this, this uh, long-promised comedy horror episode where we talk about all of Jay's problems with this and really uh, put his feet to the fire on it. Oh, boy. And there are definite movies out there that, 
that balance the comedy and the horror very well. Yeah, well, I hope you know? we we do those. And <laughs> what you got? I mean, I think Shaun of the Dead is probably the one everybody sort. Of, that's the one I sort of think of. When right, I think of, like comedy horror. Yeah, um, and then there's another zombie one. Oh boy, actually, Are you talking about Zombie Land? Well, Zombie Land would be there too, <laughs> but there was another one. Um, oh boy, and it was another Fido? zombie movie too. Return of the Living Dead. I know. Return of the Living. No, it it was recent. Um, Warm bodies. The, it was the the five friends who got together for a sort of a guy's weekend out, left the women behind, and they end up going to a town that's got sort of the, the, the been overrun by zombies. Um, and they're all women. Oh, all doghouse. 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 That's it. Yes. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Doghouse. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'd be up for that for yeah. sure. Well, zombie comedy is a totally different thing. We got to do that one with, with Kyle. <laughs> yeah, of we course. Do that one's sort of separate, right? But why? I mean, and and Josh, I saw in the comments like, why? Why did you act like I didn't? I've never seen Monster Squad or something. Like, what do you think I am? When did I say that? I, I, it seemed like in the comments you suggested that I had never seen that or something. It's like, but but they no, they I, they. I don't think so. I I saw the burbs come up a few times too, and it's like they they seriously they seriously want us to cover the burbs on this show. Like, the burbs is one of my all time favorite movies. All-time favorite. Like, if I had to pick, like, Desert Island picks, The Burbs is on that list. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not a bad film. There's no doubt. No doubt. But, anyways. Okay, well, we could do comedy horror sometime. <laughs> we'll put it on the list. We get a long list, as you heard at the top of the show. I see Allison here saying, Sorry, Jay, I know you don't like horror comedy with regard to Monster Squad. But I don't see. Let's see. I covered Monster Squad. Yeah, that's okay. Maybe I misread what you said. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I th I'm, what I'm saying is, I think what I think I was trying to impart was we would like to do. I would like to do that in 2016, since we have so many listeners calling for it. We've got Ryan W calling for it. Um, Jonathan Sal. Allison Fritz, everybody wants the Monster Squad. Yeah, I'm up for that. All right. And of course, I was just like, guys, guys, I covered it on a movie streamcast. Just go over there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that works out great, I think. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, that sounds good. So let's keep on moving. Anything else for 2016 releases? Well, there's the Blob is supposed to come out too. That was from the director of Con Air. Uh, is doing a blob remake supposedly, so uh, well, that's the last one of the remake sequel <laughs> things that was on my list. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't totally be against it. I would like to see it. I, I always liked the blob. That was always yeah. kind of one of my movies from back in the day. I like the, I like both versions. Me like too. Eighties uh -huh. version and the. Yeah, the 88 and what was that, like 58? 50, yeah, and there, that was filmed right down the road for me. Yeah. <laughs> the Simon West, he did The Expendables 2 and Con Air and Tomb Raider, so I don't know what his horror credentials are like necessarily, but... Um, Con Air is pretty fun. You I'm trying to picture, picture an action blob movie. He did the When a Stranger Calls remake, so maybe that's his mm, horror yeah. credentials. Yeah, that's not as good. Yeah. Though, but yeah, the blob is in his blob version is in pre-production. So 
I don't know. We either get it in October or probably next January. It'll probably be a January or a VOD. <laughs> are you basing that on IMDb Pro? Um, yes. Are you? No, I was just asking because I was going to look there if you hadn't. Yeah, it's actually not Pro. I don't have the Pro account. I'm oh. not. I'm not a pro. Just a hack over here. So one, the big one, other than the Bye Bye Man for me, is the Devil's Candy. Um, that's one that got amazing reviews coming out of South by Southwest and, um, it stars Ethan Embry and Sherry Appleby and it just looks really exciting. That would be included in our heavy metal horror show if we do that. But this, um, film is directed by Sean Byrne who directed the loved ones uh, a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah, Which was pretty hardcore. Oh yeah. And, um, Ethan Embry is getting rave reviews for this one. It's it screened at South by Southwest and at Toronto. And um, I don't think it has a release date. Like it, it, the date that's listed is September 13th, 2015, which is when it's screened at Toronto. So I don't know when it's actual, actual release date is, but that should be interesting. Um, also, we don't know if it's horror yet, but it could be. It's called The Green Room, which is the follow-up film from uh, Jeremy Saulnier, the director of Blue Ruin. Um, it looks like it's at least a thriller, but may possibly be a horror film. I hope so. I love those guys. Blue Ruin was incredible. It was. And his first film was a horror comedy. This looks to be very serious and has just a killer cast. So I'm I'm very hopeful for Green Room. Green Room, yeah. All right. We'll watch for it. We'll see how this year shapes up. I hope it's a good year. Um, it It sounded like from the comments that a lot of people... Felt that 2015 was a good year for horror, so maybe we'll have another one then. Yeah. All right. Just a quick little uh, post-production plug as we wrap up here. I want to make sure I get this out there to the audience. My buddy Justin, over at the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast, they put together this uh, tremendous, like a really huge, like super gigantic top 10 show, top 10 horror of 2015. And I believe it's like four or five hours long. It's insane. I haven't actually listened to it just yet. He just sent me the link just a few minutes ago, actually. And so I'm recording this little promotion here. I haven't listened to it yet myself, but I am going to because I cannot get enough of top 10 lists. They're my favorite kinds of episodes, like you know. But anyway, these guys are um, true horror fans. I mean, you can really tell like that they're intense and they're really into it. I've- I've listened to their show before. It's awesome. So I will include a link in the show notes for this episode so you can go hear the 22 shots of moods and horror top 10 list with Justin and his crew. So check it out. Okay, guys. Well, that just about wraps up episode 80 of Horror Movie Podcast. Every time I say that, it feels wrong, right? Because I did that one episode. It was called the I-80 Tapes. So it feels like I did episode 80 a long time ago. But anyways, thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate you being here. This was a very, very free-form, free-flowing, stream-of-consciousness, Frankensteinian episode. I hope everybody was okay with that. But uh, let's give our plugs and final promotions. Dr. Shock, what do you got to tell the listeners? Just same as same as always, um, uh, dvdinfatuation.com, at dvdinfatuation over on Twitter. Do have a Facebook page that you can check out uh, and let me know anybody as I said at the beginning anybody who's interested in maybe contributing uh, once uh, June of 2017 rolls around you know sort of uh, sort of becoming a writer for the blog I would uh, uh, I'd like to hear from you even though it's way out in the future I'd like to hear from you now that's right 
Okay, sounds good. What about you, Wolfman Josh? Just, uh, I'm going to be catching up on the 2015 movies that I missed, and we will be reviewing those in Frankensteinian or themed episodes as, you know, the first couple months of this year go by. So I will uh, return and report about all of those films that we didn't get a chance to see. And uh, you can check out my other movie reviews at moviestreamcast.com, where I cover new content that is streaming online. I just did my best of 2015 show where we basically uh, go through the top 10 movies from mostly 2015, some were 2014, but basically the best new movies currently streaming on Netflix. That was a fun show. And, and that's, then, that's on Movie Streamcast? Yeah. Oh, I'm going there right now. I'm downloading it <laughs> right now. All right. And um, also fun stuff happening over at the Sci-Fi Podcast. As I mentioned in passing, we have a new podcast member. Uh, his name is Brain, and he is a real-life physicist. And he brings some awesome discussion to uh, what was already a fun show where he, because he can really talk about the real science behind whatever the thing is we're talking about, time travel or Ant-Man or lightsabers he can he can give us real physics behind each of those things which is a fun addition to a sci-fi podcast plus he's just a big nerd he's you know he's been into uh doctor who and all that crap since he was like knee high to a june bug so nice he's a great addition to the show so check that out at the sci-fi podcast.com and mostly i'm just looking forward to a great year from horror movie podcast i had a great year in 2015 despite all the craziness that we were all going through i think we put out some fun content and i'm Looking forward to whatever awaits us in 2016. Me too, my friend. And I hope people will check out Movie Podcast Weekly, where we're starting a new year once again. We're really excited over there. We just did our uh, top 10 movies of 2015. I hope everybody's gotten a chance to check that out. They were really sad not to have you on that show, Josh. So um, are you going to be releasing your, your... I know you did the top 10 of 2015 on Netflix, but are you going to be releasing a top 10 list somewhere, Josh? I don't really have a venue for that. So people wanted me to review uh, The Hateful Eight. I just don't have... Uh there's not an outlet for me to do that. I don't have a DVD infatuation.com or a, or a movie podcast weekly. So unless it's streaming online or it's sci-fi or horror, I don't really talk about it right now. So we'll see. So could you do a movie streamcast uh, top 10 of 2015 and just say, Hey, this isn't necessarily streaming. This is just my top 10. Cause people want to know. I just wouldn't do that. I'll post it in the notes over movie podcast weekly, maybe or something like that. Well, we would be honored to have it. One piece of breaking news, if I could really quick, just because I know that this will actually post in a week from the time we're recording it. Um, there has been news as of yesterday, I just saw, that Halloween Returns will not be happening because of Dimension's loss of the rights. So they're, they scrapped that movie entirely. Bum, bum, bum. That's sad. Okay. Well, maybe next year, right, guys? See. So, 2017. Well, so. and this was suggested by Juan on Twitter, uh, but why don't we need to get all of the horror movie podcast fans together, buy the rights to Halloween, and then <laughs> we can do whatever we want with it. I wonder how much those rights would be. Hey, Josh, for, for real, could you find out how much the rights cost just <laughs> so we know. could say it on air? I'll try. They, they are talking about, oh, I don't I thought somebody said $50 million or something like that. That's I'm chump sure. change. Yeah. 
I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. I know that um, there was a thing with uh, people really wanting New Line to get it so that they can do Michael versus Jason finally or... Um, oh, boy. Michael versus Leatherface. <laughs> so that's where we are. I mean, that's not good news, in my opinion. I would rather see someone, even though Miramax didn't do a lot they did a lot of bad things with michael myers they did give us h2o in the first rob zombie movie and i think those are both scores for the right. universe i agree so i much would much rather see that than michael myers versus leatherface or whatever right my, yeah me too. freddy versus michael versus jason versus ash oh my goodness i don't want i don't want to see those movies no no not at all no that's dumb so, all right so anyways as I was saying, check out Movie Podcast Weekly. I think you'll like it. If you like this show, you'll like it. Probably less, but you'll still like it a little bit. Kyle Bishop, our friend, Dr. Walking Dead. He is also our fellow co-host on here. You can follow him on Twitter at Dr. Walking Dead, Dr. Walking Dead. He has two books, American Zombie Gothic, and he has How Zombies Conquered Popular Cultures. Check those out. And we love your comments, so please get involved in our tremendous horror movie podcast community. Those of you who are involved already, keep them coming. You can leave a comment in the show notes for this episode or any episode, and you can also email us at horrormoviepodcast at gmail.com. You can call and leave us a voicemail at 801-382-8789, and you can find all of our episodes, including the back archives of the weekly horror movie podcast and horror metropolis at our website horrormoviepodcast.com you can subscribe free in itunes and you can follow us on twitter at horrormoviecast i want to thank fred ingram for the use of his music for the horror movie podcast theme song you can find more of fred's music at frederickingram.com and we'll have that linked in the show notes for this episode and I think that's it. So on behalf of my good friends here, Wolfman Josh and Dr. Shock, we thank you for listening and join us again Friday after next for Horror Movie Podcast, where we're dead serious about horror movies. 